Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that has scientifically proven if a man is married to an older woman, she must be classified as an old bag. Oh, it's science. Here are two guys that are probably on the rocket sled to hell if they don't stop joking about the male leads in the two most current podcasts, Matt and Doug. I'm going to be really disappointed if you don't pick a particular song for the um, the bed this week, but... If- if I don't pick a what? A particular song for the bed this week. Oh, I, I'm curious to know what song it is that you think I picked. Little Eddie Money? No. Little what, two, what Eddie Money? Shaken? What? What? Oh. <laughs> Little two on the nose? <laughs> well, no, no, but it's that that may come up in the bed. <laughs> okay. So it's Matt. How are you doing, Doug? I'm good. It's It's the anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic, which means... It's also the anniversary of the day that Abraham Lincoln was shot. Yes. One more lap around. And it also means you just took one more lap around the sun. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you. Not are, your balls touch, uh, are, your, are your balls touching the, the water in the toilet yet? <laughs> uh, no, the bidet takes care of that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into it. And now it's time for podcast housekeeping. You know, I know it's your week, but uh-huh. this is the second time this season that one of your movies really, really felt like one of mine to me. Oh, no kidding. Just because this is a this is a movie that I had almost picked. But anyway, oh. it is your week, so go ahead. All right. Uh, friend of show, Sean, said that the old bag did say something in Jaws 2. I'm going to take his word for it. I didn't have a chance to check it out, but he's a big Jaws 2 aficionado. That was the explosion. One minute they were having a wonderful time, and the next... Yep. <laughs> it was House Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I found that real quick. Uh, that was okay. on my list of things, so please continue. All right. Um, Alan Ladd was in Shane. Alan Ladd Jr. is not the skipper. You're thinking of Alan Hale Jr. Yes, that is correct. All right. Uh, so this is not... I, I had to... I I debated where I wanted to put this because this could have fallen in a couple different sections, but we've been doing this a while. I mean, we're 160s. Yeah, it's almost three years, almost 160 episodes, uh, almost 155 with the two of us. And stories have been repeated. And sometimes, yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, we've talked about that. But last week, there was something that I brought up and I'm like, God damn, I know we've had this conversation before. And somehow I actually remembered when we had that conversation. So listen to this. We've uh, talked about this before, but you've been shaved with a, a straight razor before. No, I have not. I've oh. never been shaved with a straight razor. I have one time. Oh, that would scare the shit out of me. It was at just a, like a local, like mom and pop barber shop type place. Mm-hmm. What? And they said, Oh, you want us to touch up your, uh, your, your, your neck? I'm like, Oh, sure. No problem. And they get out the plate. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking this through. And I mean, they did a great job, but still, I having never had it done before, it was very at the time. Yeah. Yeah. That but was the first Now one. we have a montage. Do you, have you ever been shaved with a straight razor? No. No, I have not. God, I have. Listen to the sound quality okay. difference. Uh, I did not like it. Um, and it, it was. Yeah. And I'm not going to. It goes on. But that was. I just. I remembered that, and I think that was actually from the the fan podcast. Was it the fan, or was it Untouchables? I think it was the fan, because don't you remember the guy cuts the guy when he's 
um, he, he's sucking him off and he, cut, he cuts him with a straight razor on the roof and then he, he burns him up and they think that that's his body. Oh, man. It's, I tried to forget that movie. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't The Untouchables? Well, I, you would know because you pulled the clip. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, you had said the Bill Cosby bit Noah yes. is from himself. It's not. It, it's not. It's from Bill Cosby is a very funny fellow, right? Which you can find on Apple. Okay. Or iTunes. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that might. And I, I should, I should warn you, some of my clips here in housekeeping, not great sound quality, but I didn't have time to record them. I'd forgot to, uh, plug in my phone into my microphone. Okay. <laughs> They're not horrible. But not not the high quality that our audience is used to uh, getting. Okay, there were a couple things last week where either when we were doing the podcast or in retrospect, listening back to it, I thought of things that I should have either added or changed. And this was one of them. I have a question for you, sir. Shoot, is time travel possible? Sure, slingshot around the sun, pick up enough speed, you're in time warp. If you don't, you're fried. That would have been a pretty good one. <laughs> yes. Uh, we talked about young Jean, Jane Seymour being a smoke show and always sounding like she's whispering. And then old Jane Seymour so for 71, eh, still not bad, but she sounds a little rough. Just thrilled that Coda won. Just thrilled. I'm, I mean, I think my takeaway from this year's Oscars is thank goodness for the streaming channels. Yeah, that actually sounds worse because I did pull a clip of her talking. And when I saw that you did, I figured I um, don't need to worry about mine. Mm-hmm. And that actually did sound worse. She sounds like an old bag. Uh, the painting in Ferris Bueller is George Shiraz, A Sunday on La Grande Jatte. Ah, French. I would assume. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the movie Some Like It Hot. Yes. I said it was with Jack Lemon. You said it was with Marilyn Monroe. Who else is in that movie? Tony Curtis. I love you, Spartacus. <laughs> I just, when I hear, see Tony Curtis, I always think of his daughter. <laughs> okay. With her big knockers and trading places. Yes. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was the actress you could not come up with. All right. You couldn't either. That is true. <laughs> um, you had mentioned, I don't even know what the name of this clip is, but it's, I think something, the name of a play or something like that. You you would, the play that they were talking about in the beginning of the film, somewhere in time, and you said it sounded like you said it you said it sounded like a high school play. Yep. And do you know what the play was called? No. Too much spring. Oh, and that that, that seems like a Seinfeld title. And that kind of reminded me of this. Spring time for Hitler. Which is, of course, from Young Frankenstein. Yeah, right. So, uh, Are you sure? I thought that was Blazing Saddles. Could have been. I don't know. It's one of those. Maybe Spaceballs. I don't know. Maybe it was one of those videos on the shelf when they were looking for the video of Spaceballs, the movie. Uh, Jane Seymour, back to Jane Seymour. She was indeed a solitaire in Living Let Die. I was correct about that. I was right. also correct that Christopher Reeve was six foot four. Oh, speaking of numbers, um, 
we brought up the H.G. Wells Time Machine book. Uh-huh. And I said, "What? when did that come out in? 1896? Do you know what year it really came out in? 1895? Yeah, not bad. But still, or actually it would be. I, I overbid. Yeah, you overbid. You didn't say. I, sh- the- I should have bet. I should have said 1 BC and I would have been more right. <laughs> Correct. You didn't say the hotel about some like it hot. Did you? No. That was the Hotel Del Coronado in San Diego. Oh, all right. Speaking of hotels, uh, they were talking about the Hotel Del Vecchio in Somewhere in Time. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that it? That's your intro yeah. to the clip? Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's a goofy kid. <laughs> Remember, he used to pee a V on everybody's jacket for Vecchio. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, right? Yes. Rest okay. in peace, Tom Sizemore. Oh, yeah. And he just died in the last month. And your your horrible homemade porno. <laughs> he was in some good movies, but he had, he had liked the, the drugs a little bit too much. He did. Yes. Sandra Locke films. Um, out, uh, these are just the Clint Eastwood ones. Uh-huh. Outlaw Josie Wales. Uh-huh. Gauntlet. Bronco uh-huh. Billy. Uh-huh. Any way, which way you can. Sudden impact, and then they break up, and then she's only in six more films from 1983 to 2017. So they were dating. That's why she was in so many Clint Eastwood films? Yes. Yes. That's exactly oh, why. Wow. You had said that, pardon me, you had made up, um, when you were working at the grocery store, you had made up some fake statute. Yeah, to read oh. over the announcements, yes. That, that you couldn't buy beer anymore? Wisconsin law statute 125.323A. Uh, if you have a class A license, you may not sell between midnight and 6 a.m. So that Wisconsin law has been changed. It used to be 9 p.m. Okay. Uh, I was actually going to use one of your clips against you there, but you might actually be telling the truth. There was a question of where something came from last week. Something I said, uh, specifically, how dare you, sir? <laughs> okay. And you should have known. I know I should have known, but now I can't. Th- Just play it. How dare you come in here and lecture me? How dare you, sir? How dare you come into this office and bark at me like some little junkyard dog? I am the president of the United States. Clear and present danger. Well, since it's Harrison Ford, you should have gotten it. <laughs> yes. That's your, you know, your speciality. I, I, yes, I do such a spot on Harrison Ford. Yes. You had said... I wish we had a I don't believe you clip. I don't believe you. Yeah, it's from Anchorman. That's from Anchorman. That's the second Anchorman clip uh, in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, you have a couple more things. I have. I do. I only think I have one. I have this, and I don't know exactly what it was, but it was from the the tape. You were lying on your bed Oh, in the Grand Hotel. And it is 6 p.m. in the evening of June 27th, 1912. Your mind accepts this absolutely. It is 6 p.m. on June 27th, 1912. You are a strong, confident woman who does not need to smoke. A strong, confident woman. Once again, a clip I should have changed last week. Yes. Uh, a couple things of you here. Um... Lawn chair, we'll, we'll get this joke. Um, you had some bad grammar last week. An opportunity that they missed to show 
like the camera or the camera, the candle like lower down as opposed to lowering it up. <laughs> you just, you just need to say lower or raise. And, and that's a, that's a big um, thing in my missus's family that they will bust you on that. And when lawn share was in chemistry class with my missus's brother um, he, in high school, he pulled that one out. <laughs> So, do they get really upset when you say NFL football? Oh, I'm sure I probably say that. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Uh, do you have anything else? Uh, not of the regular stuff. No. Okay. And then um, you you were you you obviously talked about having one of your fantasies fulfilled last week. Hit, me being able to sleep with him was my it was his gift to me because it gave me a chance to touch God. <laughs> Talking about Kevin Costner. Actually I do yeah. have I do have two more things. Okay. Uh there was some point where you were you were saying something mean about me, which I, I could have picked any number of things that it was, but I, I've used this clip before, but I should just make this kind of permanent. This twisted old fruit here. Tells me that you I'm just as God made me, my sir. Yeah, just as God made me, sir. <laughs> That's right. And then the last thing that I have is when they were talking to uh, a crowd, I guess, and I said I should have had this. Yes, but standing out here yelling rabble, rabble, rabble isn't going to help anything. Yeah, rabble, rabble, rabble. As opposed to they, rabble, rabble, when, rabble. When were they talking to a crowd in that movie? I remember you talking about this. I don't know when it came up. I just know that it did. Okay. So do you have anything else? I don't know. I, oh, I okay. I'm, well, I, I, I believe I'm all done. Waffle. Waffle. This should be no surprise. You actually identified it when you said it last week. Yes. Do you have a pocket watch? No. Oh, I do. No, there's my waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Make my job easy sometimes. Uh-huh. Well, I'm moving on. Who did better? Was it Doug or Max? For, for the fifth consecutive week, this is in the podcast in one way, shape, or form, but this is both of us. Gonna oh. be a man in motion. Saint Elmo's fire. Saint Elmo's fire. Call that one a drop. Can we, can we can we put that song to rest? Oh, that's not going away for a long time. No. <laughs> Uh, the next one you've already brought up in this podcast. All right. And this is uh, this is a Mandela effect Oops, thing. Sorry. But this is me, and it is not correct. Noah. What? Noah. Who is that? Yeah. Been getting that wrong for several decades. Yes. Uh, the next one is, I think it's actually both of us creep into this, or it might just be me. This is my house. This is my house. If you don't like it, you get the fuck out. You don't like it? Get the fuck out of my house. Lily. Lily Ann. <laughs> That's come up like several times. <laughs> it's a good thing I have that bookmarked. Um, uh-huh. Uh, the next one is me. This has come up several times in the podcast. I don't think it's ever come up in this segment before, but this is 
has to have been mentioned at least six, seven times over the course of the three years that we've been doing this podcast. We've got to concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I've got to concentrate, concentrate. I've got to concentrate, concentrate. Hello? Hello? Yeah. You even got the music in there with the telephone ringing in the background. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's no dog barking, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, the next one is me uh, from a movie we have not done. If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. When someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. I Actually, I would have thought that that was Bill Murray that had said that, but I was wrong. No, it's Ernie Hudson. Yes. Uh, the next one is you. Rusty. <laughs> Rusty! Rusty! <laughs> Rusty! Yeah, you actually were running with my joke about when they got uh-huh. into the carriage. The, beefer- said, the, the beeferino. beeferino? Yes. Uh, the next one is you, and it's not good. Dr. Jones, I didn't expect you to be here. I never expected to see you again. Huh. Yeah, Dr. Jones, I did not expect you to be here, yeah. I never expected to see you again. The next two things are labeled the same, but the first one is me and the second one is you. No, no, no. 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 It's not great. No. But it's better than this. No. 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 You really needed the scream to sell that one. And that's when he flew around the earth to make it go backwards so he wouldn't have sex with Margot Kidder. <laughs> got, the, got the Picard Space Aids. Um, but, um, <laughs> That'll come up. Yes. Uh, the next one is you. Ooh, is this ah. <laughs> It's Uba, not Uba. Uba, yes. And the last one is me. So many buttons. <laughs> but blinking and buzzing I don't even know how Shatner does it blinking and beeping and flashing they're flashing and they're beeping I can't stand it anymore yeah I, I'm, I'm going to call this a draw because nobody did anything yeah. good <laughs> yeah I'm going to say it's a, it's a draw uh, and let's move on hey man what's new now what's fucking new now so when we go to church the Bertrams sit in the front row. That's that's just that's just kind of like where we perch ourselves at okay. our church. Everybody kind of has their assigned seats. Not necessarily assigned seats, but we're a small church, so families typically take up one pew, especially if they're a big family. So we park ourselves in the front row. And it was Good Friday. And that's you know, like I had mentioned last week, it was probably the first time that I had gone to Good Friday service since I was a teenager. And it's a very solemn, you know, service because well, Jesus dies. And spoiler we're getting alert, at, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, we're getting towards the tail end of the service, and Jesus just died, and my missus is crying, and it the the pastor says, "Okay, we're just we're just going to sit here in silence for a minute or two, and then we're going to walk out of the church silently." And I'm sitting next to my ten year old, and it's silent, and my missus is crying, and all of a sudden from him. <laughs> <laughs> And I look at him, and he looks at me, and he starts giggling, 
and I start giggling, and we just get ourselves a bad case of the giggles. Um, and the pastor is staring at me because I don't know if she knew if it was me or if it was him, but we're laughing and everybody in church can hear it that we're laughing because we can't control ourselves. Have you been in the situation before where you just can't stop laughing no matter what? Oh yeah. And it, yeah, it, it, and it can happen different times. The worst is when it happens a case like that where it's something that it's an inappropriate situation to oh, be laughing. Like that. Like that was inappropriate. Exactly, yes. Jesus just got stabbed. Uh, and oil and water and blood came out of his wound and everybody's crying and my, my 10 year old lets one rip and it was, it was pretty fucking funny. Uh, I went back to work. So work, 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 work. Hello boys. Have a good night's rest. I missed you. And it has been a beautiful week. I mean, in the 70s and the 80s, unusual weather for April, the entire week. And usually with my busy season, you know, I like to just stick the tip in for a couple of days, maybe even a week before I go balls deep. Yeah, I had to just jump right in and go balls deep. And that was tough, man. It's, 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 it sucked. It was, it was a hard week because it was full, full days and it was hot. And, uh, I kept, Getting in my truck with my keys still in my pocket because I'm used to a fob and just doing the push button on my regular vehicle. Sure. So that took me like three days to break that. Um, and then I had stopped. So Sendix is like the, the high end grocery store around here. Like if, if you're rich, you go to Sendix because it's close and it's convenient, but everything is really expensive. But I mean, like the, the quality is good. The produce, the, the, the meat, everything else. It's good quality. And so I'd stopped in there to take a whiz and wash my hands and buy myself a, um, a beverage for lunch. And, oh, and that was another thing that I decided to not drink soda anymore. So I'm, I'm drinking tea because it has caffeine, but it has no sugar and it has no carbonation. What type of tea? So, like the brand or? Yes, the brand. I, I don't know. It comes in like a square bottle that tapers off to the round top. Yeah, I, I know what kind. I, 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 I like that, but it just leaves an aftertaste. That particular type leaves an aftertaste for me. Yeah. Um, I get the sweetened or the, the sugar-free sweetened. So it's just got like, like a little drizzle of lemon in there. So it's not bad, but it's, it's cool. And it, and it gives me that kick of caffeine that I need at lunchtime to carry me through the rest of the day. I really dig having a 16 ounce diet Mountain Dew at that time, but man, it's just not good for you. Um, and my missus made a point of saying, please just don't, don't do that anymore. It's just not good for you. So I'm trying to follow her wishes. Anyway, back to my story. So I'm sitting in my truck, having my lunch, my chicken salad wrap that my missus had made for me and drinking my tea. And this very well put together woman in athletic pants and a tank top comes out at, yeah, it's, it's, it's that season. It's that season, Matt. Yeah, I know. Nice, nice toned arms. So I'm parked and she's one car down from me facing me. All right. And she's got a kid, uh, at nice toned arms. I think I said that she loads up her groceries in her suburban and looks around. And just takes her cart and puts it up on like the, the front wheels up on like the little median part and gets in her car and drive away. And I'm looking at her and I turn around. Literally, the place to put your carts is like 45 feet away. 
And I try not to judge people. And I try not to say that I'm better than somebody else, but I'm better than her. Because that just tells me that you are a shitty person in society. You you have broken the the code. The, the whole thing about taking your cart back is that is one of those, like, I would say key indicators of, you know, what type of person a person yeah. is. Because uh. I understand, it, depending on where you park, that might be, it, it might take you 30 seconds. It might take you a minute to do it. But if you've got, and if you've got a kid in the car, but, but the, the cart corral is 45 feet away. I, I, I park really far away from the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I, I do that partially just so I can get steps from the grocery store to my car and, you know, whatever. But I, and, and, and you, you don't want women like, like creaming their pants as they see you cut, get out of your Porsche. You're, you're, you're saving the women of society. Well, I, I rarely take the Porsche to the grocery store because it does not have a lot of space for groceries. I no, and I don't, I don't think the starting to rust out um, Maxima is really going to get women drowning in their panties. But who knows? This car's you know fifteen years old and it's got one hundred sixty thousand miles on it. Uh huh. Uh huh. But you know that's yeah. what I drive. But 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 there's there's certain social contracts sure that that everybody needs to adhere to, like. You know, if there's a squirrel in the road, you don't swerve out of the way. You hit, you, you either hit the squirrel or the, the squirrel has the social contract to get out of the way. Move out of the way, sure. Move out of the way. But I'm not going to swerve and put my life at risk to save that squirrel. What about geese? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one because they could do damage to your car. Yeah, but they will not move. They don't give a well, fuck. Well, <laughs> they fuck just like, I dare you to hit me. Yeah, I've been chased by geese. It's not fun. I, I've gotten it's scary. Geese, I get chased by geese almost all the time. Because there is a specific spot, which is on the walk that my dog and I take that right now, this time of year, they have a a nest with eggs. Yeah. So we had to alter our course. But yesterday when I was walking, there was a goose in the middle of the road. Just, Mm. and it wasn't like walking in the middle. It was laying down. It was just hanging out in the middle of the road. And I saw cars going by and it did not move at all. Yeah. See, when I'm working, the thing that scares the shit out of me the most is when I'm just like bebop, bidding, scatting, and spraying, and all of a sudden, like a mallard just comes flying out of a bush, like right at me, because it's sitting on its eggs, and it, it's it, the bush is up against the house, and it's sitting on its eggs in that bush. Never yeah. had problems with ducks. Well, it's it's not coming at me. It's just I freaked it out, sure. so it came flying out, which then in turn freaked me out. Sure. So, and then the last thing. Uh, baseball starts in a couple of weeks, but, um, you know, we live very close to a park that has a really nice batting cage. And I mentioned to the boy, Hey, you want to go do some batting tonight in the, in the, in the cage? Yeah. So I just, I put it out to our team because I got that information and four other kids showed up and I've got a bucket of 25 balls and I pitched all 25 of those balls twice to each kid. And it wasn't the pitching. But it was when you get done, it's like, okay, let's go pick up the balls. And so I'm bending down, you know, and I'm a little bit more efficient than a 10 year old. I can probably pick up two to two or three balls to their one ball. Yeah. But they also aren't like struggling to get out of bed the next morning because they nope, did it. Is, I, got, I woke up the next morning. I was like, Oh, oh, my lower back. Oh God. I need a heating pad and some Advil before I go to work. Yeah. That's, I won't be doing that again. Next time we do that, I'll be like, you get all of those. <laughs> so that's it. 
last week, um, we did the podcast, I believe, on Thursday or Friday. Thursday, because I had to go to Good Friday service. That's right. And then we had date night on Friday. Ah, all right. And it was another couple and then one of Jen's friends, and we went and saw this band that is somebody that we all used to work with. And it was, you know, an 80s cover band. And it was just in the most scony bar ever. It wasn't, it, it was like a converted RV that they made okay. into a bar. And it was just all packed with townies. And they were all younger. And my back is still fucked. So I was just kind of sitting the whole time. And I saw a couple guys hitting on Jen. And I'm sitting there in the cuck chair like, fuck, <laughs> what, am, what am I going to do here? But we had, uh, I had to- told you about how I had taken the Porsche out of storage and I had to charge the battery and I had a problem with that. So we drove the Porsche when we went to this bar and we're getting, we're going to leave. And as I turned the ignition, it's, and it did start, but it did not want to. And I had just fully charged it. So I went home and then the next day I'm like, okay, I'm going to take it to a place and have the battery looked at. And it wouldn't start. So I had to run it on the charge for a while. And then I called a place because I figured I can get it started, but I don't know if it'll start again. So I called the place that I had it, my battery replaced last time. And they said, yeah, we won't do it. Really? And I said, why not? And they said, the car is too expensive. I said, the car is 20 years old. They're, but it's a Porsche. It's like, doesn't matter. It's 20 years old. It's not worth that much money. Doesn't matter. We will not do it. So I called huh. a different battery place and they would do it. Okay. So, Went and did that. That was, you know, $250. And now none of my fobs work. But the keys still work, so I can, it's still drivable. Okay. But my son had just gotten his oil changed and they said that he needed a new battery. And so, okay. It's, it's not a battery. It's a battery. Okay. (laughs) But get it right. So you're from Wisconsin, but I take him to that place, the same place. And they said, oh, the battery's fine. It's just a little run down. Has the car been sitting somewhere where the car wasn't actually running, but the radio and maybe the lights were on? <laughs> so I kind of look at him. <laughs> said, perhaps. <laughs> That's awesome. And then we get home and I, I told Jen about it. And he said, you know, hey, man, you could have kept that between the two of us. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. But uh, he's actually at prom right now. Oh. But Jen took him out shopping. And... They came home and she's bringing in all these bags and stuff. And I said, what did you buy? Bought shoes. I'm like, what shoes did you know? They're for Dawson. Why does he, he has seven pairs of tennis shoes. And I said, Mm -hmm. why does he need another pair of tennis shoes? Is he a rapper? I mean, he has more shoes than most women I know. Okay. But so he likes his shoes. uh, That night. He had his girlfriend over at the house, which once again means I'm kind of grounded. There's certain places in the house I cannot go because I want to give them their privacy. Mm-hmm. And he was going to leave to take her home. Sorry about the dog as he's barking because Jen just got home. And he has to drive her home and she lives probably about 10 minutes away. So 10 minutes away, five minutes to say goodbye, 10 minutes back. We have 25 minutes. That, mm-hmm. that, that's what I'm figuring. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, Jen and I kind of, hey, you know, we, we got 25 minutes. 
we we can do something. I don't know what we'll do with the other twenty minutes, but still, yeah, we, right. have, we have twenty five minutes. I, I got I, I can knock this out in five minutes, man. <laughs> so you know we're 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 doing adult things, and who won uh, the Scrabble game? <laughs> well, and now Jen's going to hear this as she's walking in, so she'll hear this particular part. You know, at least half of the conversation. So she starts yelling, Matthew, 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 that's the spot. Don't stop. Don't stop. And then we hear, I'm home. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and I mean, that that's my version of it. Jen's version probably was like she was yelling, Matthew, Matthew, that's not the spot. Don't okay. stop. Stop. Wrong hole. But, Wrong hole. <laughs> But, and then later he's, he said he was traumatized <laughs> and I said, well, I was, I was just massaging her feet. Yes. Cause right she's there. got, you know, the little foot thing going on with the little percussion gun. She's got, she, does she have, were you rubbing her corns? It's like plantar fasciitis or something, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have plantar, plantar flash, plantar fellatio. <laughs> about it no i had i and it's i had the custom you can go to like the good feet store or doc get the dr shoals i get the like where you go to the or not the orthodontist orthopedist the, no it's not an orthopedist it's um podiatrist podiatrist there you go god how could we not we're both educated people how could we not come up with that right away and i have where they wrap my feet and then they make custom made um orthotics and that's what i wear in my work shoes Makes a big deal. I and I've to. also I've also had to start wearing compression socks <laughs> that go up to my knees. I'm like a fucking geriatric with my orthotics and my compression <laughs> socks because I've got this thing called Schomburg's disease that I got weak capillaries in my in my lower extremities, mm-hmm. and so a little bit of blood leaks out, and then from that the iron goes to my skin surface. So I got these like it looks like cayenne pepper is sprinkled on my legs, on my on my calves. So you have like blackheads? No, they're not blackheads. <clears throat> it's like they're orange. It's like these orange spots. Um, Can you so, squeeze it out and reclaim it? No, no. Smelt nothing. it down? No, no, no. <laughs> copper. Make some pennies. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, not copper. Did I say copper? You said I meant iron. iron. I did say iron, yes. Um, and uh, Tastes like copper, copper pennies. That's yes. something completely different. <laughs> yes, and... Um, yeah, so I got to wear compression stockings and start taking like massive amounts of vitamin C and this other supplement called Rutin to uh, hopefully hopefully solve this problem. I mean, it's not horrible. I've seen pictures of people that have it far worse than I do, and it doesn't hurt. Sometimes it itches a little bit, but yeah, man, it's like it's yeah. They say yeah, it happens to older men. So that means you're on a regimen of both vitamin C and vitamin D. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. When when someone dies, their mail doesn't automatically stop. I don't think so. And I, I would think that that is a thing that is got to be weird. I mean, not immediately because obviously it's going to take time for things to kind of cycle out of the system. But my mom still gets stuff addressed to my dad. Mm-hmm. And she got this coupon for this local store. It's called Micro Center. And it was for a free USB drive. Take it in, you get a free 128 gig micro SD drive, you know, $30 value or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she gave it to me. And on that, there was also two additional coupons for additional USB drives, but it was one per household. Just give it to your friends and then they can do it. So I went in there and I just got my, my free USB drive. 
And then I had these two coupons. So I'm walking out and I gave it to one guy. I'm like, here, it's a coupon for a free USB drive. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then there's this hot chick there. I passed by her, found another old guy, <laughs> gave it to him <laughs> because I did not want to be the old guy. That, yes. Uh, hey, little girl, here's a hey. coupon for a free USB drive. Yes. In your mind, you're young, but when to, you look in the mirror, you're like, yeah, you're that old guy. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh-huh. the last thing is, you know, we are somewhat of a unique podcast in that we actively try to persuade people not to listen to us. Sure. We're not I, good. And I have a story that relates to that. Uh, as the weather has getting gotten warmer, the way that it works in my neighborhood is somebody breaks the seal when it comes to cutting the grass. All right. And once that first person does it, their neighbor has to, and then their neighbor has to, and it kind of dominoes down the street. So that you're not the house that has the uncut grass. Mm-hmm. But until that first person does it, everybody's kind of on the same page. So our next, one of our two next door neighbors moved in in like October or November last year. So this was the first time they had to cut their grass. And I'm going out to cut the grass because they cut their grass. There's like a six foot gap between where I should cut to and where they actually cut because they did not know where the property line was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to just cut their lawn without telling them. So I went and I knocked on the door. I said, hey, I saw that you cut your grass. I'm out cutting my grass. Um, I'm going to cut it, but do you want me to show you? And she's like, where the property line is? Yeah, that's great. So she came out and I showed her where the property line was. I said, I will, as long as it's okay with you, I will cut your grass that you know was missed. And then she decided that she was going to be chatty Kathy, which is fine because we it, the weather was finally nice for the first time. And you know, so Jen came over and the three of us were talking for, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. And it's you know just random bullshit. But then she said, oh, my daughter was so excited she found your podcast. Oh, God, no. And I, I look at Jen and Jen looks at me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, she, she shouldn't be listening to that. And this how, does a, she know about, how does she know about it? I'll get to that in just a second. But this okay. is an adult daughter. This is someone that's 27. All this, right. This is not a, you know, a 12-year-old. But I, I thought for sure I was about to get an ass chewing later that night where I was going to get the, from Jen. Okay. Don't don't be telling our neighbors about your stupid podcast. <laughs> they don't need to hear you say the things you say. <laughs> and so later that night, I said, I honestly, I have no idea. And she's like, no, it's not your fault. What do you mean? She said, I might have accidentally told them. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm like, how, how, how did you accidentally tell them? She said, well, I was out and I was walking the dog and they were all getting the mail and I ended up talking to them. And they said that they saw you on, you know, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, like up in the office with all lights on and a bunch of monitors, headphones on, talking into a microphone. What was going on? <laughs> so we we picked up a new lister who we've probably shed since then. <laughs> yes, perhaps. Okay. Time to move on. Time to move on. Matt and Doug are at it again. Guess that sound and you are awesome. What movie will it be from? I really want to know. Okay, I would 100% get this. Okay. Okay. And if I didn't get it on this one, then I would 100% get it on the second one. 
and if you don't get it after the third one, then you deserve to be riding the short bus. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. See, I'm imagining some kind of like Rube Goldberg mousetrap type thing. Your, your, your reasoning is, is there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a stab in the dark with uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, which I'm sure that's not it. Oh, is it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's his breakfast machine. All right, so play the middle one. Yes. Jesus Christ, George. I don't see you in two years and you show up at my fucking door with 110 pounds of blow. Just fucking sell it, Derek. All right. But it's going to take me a year. I can't feel my face. Is that from vinyl? No, that's from Blow. Okay. With Johnny Depp and then, and then Paul Rubens and then that's Bobcat Goldwaith at the end saying he can't feel his face because he just did straight Colombian cocaine. Okay. It, Have you seen that? No. Uh, oh, no, I do not believe so. That's a great movie. It really is. Okay, and then the last one's just... Good morning, Pee-wee! Yes. Morning, Mr. Breakfast! Do you have the... the no, pre- you got to play the rest of it. Okay. Come on, man. Good play morning, the rest Pee-wee. of it. Good morning, Pee-wee! morning, Mr. Breakfast! <laughs> Can I have some Mr. Teeth cereal? Okay! Ah, <laughs> oh, pity the poor fool. Don't eat my cereal. <laughs> Where was uh, the, the porn star's father in that clip? The porn star's father. The porn star's father. Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, he's not in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, he was just on the show? He was just on the show. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. There. Right. No, good the- job. Good Good job, Matt. Yeah, well, I, I was just, that's what it sounded like, and I was trying to think of what it could possibly be, so, and I wouldn't have got it from the second one, so it's a good thing. Okay. All right. Ready for the movie itself? I am. What is the secret to your success? What is the secret to your success? You needed a job in the big city. You met your auntie. She took advantage of you because you were horny. Touched your wee-wee But now there was Supergirl With some jacked-up old lady glasses You gotta stop Shaking Brantley You just gotta stop Shaking Brantley Yes, you do What is the secret to your success? What is the secret to your success? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This week we are doing The Secret of My Success, released April 10th, 1987. It made $67 million on a $12 million budget. It had a 48% Rotten Tomato critic score and a 58% Rotten Tomato audience score. Directed by Herbert Ross, best known for Footloose 
and Steel Magnolias. I've never seen either one of those movies. I've seen Footloose. Um, I've not I've seen, seen bits Steel and, and Magnolias. I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of Footloose. My missus claims that it, Steel Magnolias is her favorite film, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that until you sit down and watch Platoon with me. So I will never watch Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Isn't Dolly Parton in that as well? I don't know if Dolly Parton is in that. Is I think Julia Roberts is in it. Yes. Sally Field and not Sally Fields. Is it Sally? No. There's a whole cattle cave of of, <laughs> of women in that. Uh, written by Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr., best known for Tango and Cash, Top, oh, Top Gun. Okay. Uh, starring Michael J. Fox, best known for Spin City. Do you know who replaced? Michael J. Fox in the last season of Spin City? Tiger Blood. Charlie Sheen. Do you know who his love interest was on Spin City? Heather Locklear. She's one up. Mm. Connie Britton. Heather Locklear replaced Connie Britton. Big Connie Britton fan. I am a big Connie Britton fan. Yes, I am. Also starring Helen Slater, best known for City Slickers. Richard Jordan, best known for Dune. Margaret Witten, best known for Major League Two. John Pankow, best known for not being on My Two Dads. Really? He was not. <laughs> he was not on My Two Dads, but he was on... God, now I can't think of the fucking show with Paul Reiser and Helen, Helen Hunt. Hunt. Mad about you. Mad about you. Um, did you see this in the theater? Uh, no, I do not believe so. Okay. This was... Yeah, I saw this in the theater with my dad. This is and, this is one of my dad's favorite films, and really, yeah, wow, yeah, I you know, oh. <laughs> I would have thought like the Sands of Iwo Jima or, um, you know, the Comanches or something like that. I thought that would have been more his speed for favorite movies. No, he watched. I mean, well, towards the end, he watched a lot of like that. Do you have like not Pluto TV, whatever like the sub channel is that shows. Reruns of Perry Mason and Knight Rider and shit. Is it Me TV? Yes. All right. Or My TV. It's one of those two. And yeah, yeah he watched a lot of that towards the end. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where you can catch Leave It to Beaver and the Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island, and those were all staples that were on when we would come home from school. Yeah. Oh, what was the guy's name? Mister Honolay. <laughs> what? Mister Honolay. With Mr. the Honolay. with the haunted tiki idol. Oh, the, from the, uh, the Brady, Brady Bunch? Bunch? Yeah. Okay. I think it was Mr. Hanalei. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that what, what his uh, name was. But I don't think I've seen this since I saw it in the theater back in 87. I've seen this in the last two years. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, movie, movie starts. starts. Yep. Um, Universal film. As, okay, so as, I, my notes are. I, I I feel like I'm missing a part of my notes because it just goes right into these must be his parents. Oh, well, yeah, there's there's music and the the title track, "Secret of My Success." Do you know who that was by? Night Ranger. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I this, had to look the, that up. Oh, this this soundtrack is like it's got everybody, man. It's got Pat Benatar and Roger Daltrey and Night Ranger and some other you know big names on it. I, I do question there is one song they repeat in this and I don't understand why. It, uh it's, the, the one from Ferris Bueller? Yes. Okay. And when we get to the second one, I have an alternate music choice for that scene. So Oh you do? Yes, I do. All right. So yes, he's there's his parents he he's on a farm from Kansas 
And he's explaining to them that he wants to see New York City. And then we hear the Night Ranger song. And then Michael J. Fox is on a bus coming into the city. and He does the whole, well, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Ha, 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 because yeah, and he, he was looking at these women. And the women that he yes. was looking at were, were not wearing anything crazy. One of them was nipping out just a little bit. But that's mm-hmm. it. And when the mom and the dad were talking, there's a lot of cutting back and forth in, in yes. the beginning of this film between him in New York and him on the farm shirtless. Right. Hairless. He was showing off his, 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 he's like, he's like, like, um, Rachel's hairless cat. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. He was trying to show off his Michael J. Fox muscles as much, as much as he could in this film. Well, and this was, I think he had done three seasons of, Family Ties and literally went from filming this movie to the next day filming the fourth season of Family Ties. But as the mom and the dad are talking, and this is probably me just reading something into it, but there was something in the way the mom talks and the way that she looks that because the dad is dead set against him going and she's got a little bit more about, you know, hey, let him try things out. And it's in in my mind, I'm reading that she's looking for a little bit more kink in the bedroom. <laughs> she's okay. kind of vanilla shaming the husband. It's like, okay, enough with the missionary. Let's move on. Right, right. But they can't figure out they you know why he wants to go, and then back to New York, and we're seeing a big slice of American society here in New York City. All different kinds of races and creeds and, and different every, yeah. people. Different things that people are wearing. I mean, it's a big slice of Americana. And every one of them turns to face the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. And did you catch the, they were not famous then, but there was two very famous people in that little montage of people. I recognize Cindy Crawford. And the other one was uh, Leg, Leg, uh, Ross's Freebie. Ross's Freebie. Oh, um. Uh, Isabella Rossellini? She's not good. I mean, maybe she was back then, but not on Friends. Well, but I I think she is right around the time that uh, Cindy Crawford is there. But Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different things. He he has an apartment. He has a job. He wants to make a lot of money. He wants to meet a hot woman. And we we see early leggings. But as you mentioned, they they really kind of are, are leaning into the multicultural thing. Well, it's New York City. It is very multicultural. I mean, I think a lot of people from the Midwest going to New York City, if they were to move there, wouldn't be able to hack it. Right. It would be a little too much for them. And, you know, he walks by a fountain and then finally he goes to his, uh, I think it's his apartment building. Yeah. Kind of a shithole. It's kind of a shithole. It's like Rebecca Romaine's apartment in Friends. Where Ross kills a rat in a bag with a tennis racket. Well, that comes up like right now as he's got his apartment itself. Even aside from the fact that the building looks a little shady, his apartment room, because it's probably just a one room thing, Mm -hmm. is absolutely full of just crap. Right, right. He hears a rat. He tells he's like, all right, rats and bugs, you stay on your side of the room. Yeah, and I have an iron. And then he says they didn't listen because he starts smacking uh, like a, a bed springs or something. Yeah. He's got one of those beds that what's – we've talked about it on this podcast before. What's the name of the bed that comes down out of the wall? A Murphy bed? Murphy bed, yes. Okay. Not a rundle. Not a rundle bed. Or a trundle bed, yes. <laughs> a trundle bed. 
neither of those. <laughs> but now he's in a suit and he goes into an office. This is supposed to be his job. And he meets his boss. Borbish. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bradley Foster in Kansas. You hired me. I start work here today. You're fired, kid. Sorry. We all saw it coming, but we looked for some kind of miracle. A miracle never happened. What did happen? Hostile takeover. 90% of the people in this building are out on the street. You are one of those 90%. Tough break. Mr. Forbes, I was counting on this job. I mean, what do I do now? Hunt! Did, did you recognize one of the guys in that scene? No. So there is an alternate take where he actually talks to another guy about this because he's kind of upset about the fact that he just got there and he loses his job on the first day. And he gives the guy he's talking to a choice. Had a gut. Had a gut. Now, do you recognize that guy? Well, no, that wasn't the boss. No, that, that was, was the other guy. That No, the guy that he goes he goes now and, and has an interview with D-Day. Oh, is it? Oh, maybe I got a little bit ahead of myself. Sorry. You got a little bit ahead oh, of yourself. Yep, yep, you're yeah. right. It's, oh, okay, you are correct because he says, okay, New York, you got what you wanted. Okay, and then he has an interview for a job he can't get. And why he, can't he get the job? Well, he doesn't have any experience. Well, how am I supposed to get experience? And that's where the header gut thing is supposed to go. That's my bad. I fucked that up. But it's the old catch-22. Yeah. Hey, I I trained for this. And then he's interviewing with some old bag who's smoking. Right. Was that that Joey's agent? I don't believe so. A lot of friends references. I don't think that was her. But he totally padded his interview with some really fancy titles of stuff that he did. Right. And she says, you're perfect for the job, except... Yeah, do you have tits? Well, um, actually, he says, I, I've been, I've had too much experience, too little experience. I've been too tall, too short. I can change whatever it needs to be. And then she says, can you be a minority woman? A woman? Right. Yeah. Do you know what a uh, Meebie Weebie is? No. So it, it, it mostly is dealing with government contracts. And there was a company I worked for in mergers and acquisitions probably about five years ago. And I was working on a, we were taking over this company that had like government contracts and because it had government contracts, it had a maybe weeby thing to it. And maybe weeby is, it has to be majority owned by either a woman or a oh, minority. Yeah. And cause they need to have a certain percentage of that. And you end up with all these, this happens a ton in construction where yeah, I go ahead. Sorry. You'll have like companies that they just exist purely as pass through companies where the company that gets the contract will subcontract the entire thing out to another comp- company and they have basically no employees and all they do is they basically take 20% off the top. Hmm. All right. Yeah, one of my earlier jobs, I worked for a mechanical contractor and it was a man and a woman that owned it and I remember them telling me that that she was 51% owner because that allowed them to get government contracts. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's talking to his mom on the phone. Everything is great. Um, and while he's on the phone in a phone booth, what is occurring? There's a, there's a, a crime. There's a robbery going on this right behind him. <laughs> Literally eight feet away and, uh, a shootout. The cops show up and there's a shootout and the glass in his phone booth is getting shot out as he's scrunching down a little bit unrealistic. Well, here. and the mom's saying, What's wrong? And oh, it's got the TV on and the volume's busted. I'm watching Miami Vice. Yeah. And then she said, Did you call your uncle Howard? And this is where we find out his name is Brantley. 
Right. Yes. And he goes back to his apartment. He's sad. He's dejected. What does he do? Uh, he, he has a sad jerk. <laughs> well, he has he has a single piece of pizza and a beer. And he's and this is something that is uh, throughout the film. He's wearing suspenders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, suspenders are an alternate to wearing a belt. Right. I wore suspenders in middle school right around when this movie came out. Oh, is that when you had that picture taken with the, the hat? The hat. With the big poofy hair and the hat. The uh, one that you sent to me, the, the yearbook picture. Maybe. I don't know. All right, yeah. I can't, now I can't remember the picture that I took of me. All right. Well, I'll, I'll send it to you later. But I, I okay. never, I've never worn suspenders. But the dad had bought him a. I had several pair of suspenders because I had I had I had the clip on ones, and then I had some pants that actually had buttons for <laughs> suspender. You love it when I do that. Buttons. The closest thing I can think of for suspenders is for holding up your your hockey girdle. <laughs> okay. And it, it's basically to hold up your hockey pants. Yes. But um, his dad had. I think we go back to the the farm again, and the dad wants to buy. Had this is a flashback. He had wanted to buy him a round trip airplane ticket. He came in on a bus, or was that just a bus from JFK to Midtown? I'm not sure. I don't know. But um, that's when Mom gives him Uncle Howard's phone number. He's barely kin, but he's still kin. And he opens his wallet, and he has a number of his uncle. And I think he has no cash, though. I think that's another thing. But And they actually talk about what the relationship is. It's this weird uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon type thing, but they're technically yeah. still related through yes. marriage. Right, right. And the next day, there's lots of guys in suits. And we've, we see this shot several times of all the, the workers coming to this high-rise building. It seemed very uh, staged, though, because it seemed they were all Noah's Arky two-by-two. It was very right. regimented. It wasn't a like a mash of people. It was there was two people, then a space, then two people, then a space, then two people, and it seemed very weird to me. Okay, but he's but, all by himself coming out of the subway. Is he? Yeah, there's nobody around, and he's looking up this huge building. No security. He's just kind of walking around. Yeah, yeah, and he goes to Uncle Howard's floor and uh, goes to the secretary. He doesn't have an appointment and. He says, well, surprise him. He doesn't like surprises. And he goes, well, I'm his nephew. Can you work me into the schedule? And then what does he do? He photocopies his face mm-hmm. and gives it to the secretary. And here's something that's a little weird. He writes his name on it, does not write his number. And he also wrote on the photocopy with a pen. But the well, he, right- doesn't have a, he, he doesn't have a phone. He was calling his mom from a phone booth. Right, but... I suppose, but um, he he wrote on the paper with a pen, but the writing that he gave to the secretary was with a sharpie, with a marker. No, oh, okay. But see, smart guy like you is going to catch something like that, Matt. She she asks, "You really his nephew?" <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Uncle Howard is screaming at some guys. They leave. Um, I recognize a couple of these guys. One is Dauber from Coach. Okay. Yeah. With Craig T. Nelson. Uh, the secretary goes in, he says, I don't have a nephew, but then decides, okay, I'll see you. And then they have this conversation. Listen, 
I know you probably told your secretary to get me out of here in five minutes. Two. Right. So, I'll get right to the point. I need a job, Uncle Howard. Around here, I'm Mr. Prescott. Do you have any idea what we do here? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Pemrose is a multinational conglomerate with 27 different divisions, products ranging from dog food to guided missile systems. There are 30,000 people working in this building alone. Their accumulated salary is higher than the gross national product of half the nation's the common market. Last year, we borrowed more money from banks than Mexico did. It's a great company, Uncle Mr. Prescott. That's why I'm here. What can you do for us, Brantley? What experience have you had? Practically none. But I believe in myself. Doesn't that count for something? Deep inside, I know I can do anything if I just get a chance. He, he tries to rely on nostalgia here, but before that, one of the things that his uncle said is 30,000 people yeah, work in this building alone. Is, I was, that's in my notes. Is that accurate? Is that possible that there's 30,000 people in? I mean, let's say the building is 30 stories tall. 1,000 people on each floor? I don't, uh, I don't know. Both World Trade Center buildings combined had office space for 35,000 people. Okay. So, so no. He, he was exaggerating just a little bit. But Brantley is saying, remember when you were my age? Remember what that was like? And his uncle basically sa- sa- tells his secretary to tell somebody in HR or whatever. He's like, you're in the front door. What you do is up to you now. Yeah. And yeah, he gives him a chance. And now he's at the bubbler. And who cuts in? Uh, it is Supergirl. Helen, Helen Slater. Just keep going. <laughs> And they lock eyes, and he is like a puppy dog. He is smitten, and he imagines her in a dress, and there's some piano and sax music, or the cars, <laughs> and then sees her doing laps in a revolving door. Hi, Brad. You know how cute I always thought you were. I'm getting an erection just thinking of this. <laughs> I thought that that kind of worked for that, but one of the things as she's drinking... She's not actually drinking. It's there's a lot of symbolism and metaphors in this movie, isn't there? With objects, I guess. It, but okay, his little dream sequency thing. Mm-hmm. It happens later. The dress she's wearing comes up later. Oh, it does. Yeah. All right. And okay, Helen Slater. Nope. She's above attainable hot. Uh no, I would say she's attainable hot. Really. With this haircut, yes. Um, and those, and those big goofy glasses. Yeah. Let, let's, let's circle back to Helen Slater when we, when we meet the aunt. All right. Because there's, there's, there's a conversation to be had there, but he's okay. looking at her like a complete psycho. Yes, he is. And he, he does the blink thing that he does in Doc Hollywood and, you know, her going round and round in the revolving door and the building is empty now. He's just standing there by himself. Mm-hmm. And we get some uh, New York beauty shots at Magic Hour. We see boats, the river, bridge, Twin Towers. And the next day, mm-hmm. he has a job. And where is his job? Well, he's in the mailroom with Buddy the Elf. <laughs> he's still wearing a suit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And his boss, give, the new boss, gives him a hard time about his name because it's Brantley. 
and you know he's just some college puke. And then he calls over Melrose, who is the dude from Mad About, Mad you. About you. Yeah. Right. He says, and, listen to him. Do what he does. Don't use the stamp machine for personal shit. <laughs> Stay out of my way. Take off that stupid tie. It looks like you shot your couch. Don't understand what that means. No, I don't either. Any questions? And he has one question for him. Which nope. is? What do I call you? Oh, uh, is he the? God. God. There you go. Yes. And as Melrose is going around delivering mail, he's got a heater hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> right. Well, this is 87. You sure. Could, you could still smoke in offices. What's amazing to me is I go into some of my customers' homes of these kids. And when I say kids, I mean like... 25. Young adults, small children, or no small children, and they're... They're fixing up a house, and it's a house from the 1970s. And it just it, – it's – you could tell that some old bag lived there for 30 years and smoked, you know, Palmel 100s by the carton. I just don't know. And it's like how could – how the fuck could you live here? How could you walk into this house and go, yeah, I can live with this smell? No amount of, of kill – kills – on the walls and bleaching the concrete and changing out the linoleum and carpeting is ever going to get rid of that smell. Every, every place I've ever owned, I've never smoked it. Like when I was a renter, no, yeah. fuck it. It's, it's an apartment. It's not mine. I'm not going to be right. here forever. I'll, I'll smoke in there if I want to smoke in there and you know, different places, maybe once or twice kind of like circling through, I would I would never smoke like a cigarette in the house, but if I had to run in and grab something, I might not put it out. Yeah. But never any because this is my house. This is my investment. This is my long term thing. I do not want to do anything that is gonna either damage it or hurt the long term saleability of it. Yeah. I remember when I when I lived in Delfield and I had bought my dad's house and, and friend of show Brad lived in the basement where he had he had the basement. There were two bedrooms in the basement and the bathroom and everything. And one night he was playing guitar down there and I'm upstairs and all of a sudden I smell cigarette smoke. And I'm like, Hey man, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying. I, Cause we always smoked on your, um, either on your patio or on the upstairs deck, I think. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, and then there was the big, the basketball pole that wasn't really a basketball pole. <laughs> it was, full it was of like, cigarette a, butts. it was like an, it was like a construction L beam that had all these holes in it. And it probably went down five or six feet into the ground, into concrete. And everybody just put their cigarettes out in that thing. And I the running joke was, hey, I wonder what happens when somebody takes this out. How many cigarette butts are going to be, ever be in there? Quite a few. Yeah. But Probably. Uh, how long does it take Melrose to do his, his lap, basically, of delivering and picking up mail? Uh, longer than it should. Well, no, it only takes him 30 minutes. But the boss takes thinks it takes two hours. Mm-hmm. And Brantley asks, what do they do on this floor? And Melrose is, he does not care. He doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't care. And he puts his uh, heater out in some woman's plant. Yeah. Don't talk to the suits unless you're talked to first. And they walk by some guy's office who's crying. And he just got he just got the axe. And the mailroom knew about it before he did. And as this guy is crying up, or crying, he's packing his shit up. Right. So, and. Then they're sorting some inner office memos and he reads one and he's discovering the inefficiency in this business. Yeah, Brantley is. 
Yeah. Hey, you're supposed to deliver them, not read them. Well, some of this stuff doesn't make any sense. They send requisitions through two departments to get procurements for a third. What kind of thinking is that? That's suit thinking. Something happens to a man when he puts on a necktie, cuts off all the oxygen to his brain. You saw the four clips I pulled, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but he can't. He can't follow the chain of command. And Melrose is. He's like, this is my job. Everything else, I don't give a shit about. And right. They're at lunch, and Brantley's continuing to read it. And then they kind of go back from lunch, and then. Brantley goes somewhere in the building. Well, he's doing some research, and there's a, a Roger Daltrey song that's being played during the montage of him doing research and reading these files. And yeah, he 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 pulls a bunch of files in. He asks for the stockholder reports, and this woman says, "Yeah, take whatever." And fortunately, film wise, the stuff he wants is right there. <laughs> but mm-hmm. late at night, he's reading through the stuff, taking notes. He would get fired for this. Oh, absolutely, he would. But he, he's burning the midnight oil. He's making copies. And the, the next day, he sees Helen Slater, who we still don't know who she is, across the way. He's watching her, but at least he's dressed like a male guy now. And she goes into a boardroom right as Melrose shows up. She's the most incredible looking woman I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, she's a Rolls Royce, but she's also a suit. What's she like? What do you know about her? I know enough never to consort with the suits, pal. Even when they do have legs like hers. Come on, you don't want that. Her name is Christy Wills. She's supposed to be some sort of financial wizard, you know? Harvey, all that crap. Forget it. 30,000 people work in that building. And Melrose knows who she is. Right, right. And, And he's picturing her doing the bubbler thing. Basically, like, the water is coming up. And for those of you that don't live in Wisconsin that are listening to this podcast, water it's fountain. a water fountain. Yes. yes. It's not a bubbler. That's what we call it in Wisconsin. Uh, where it's like, you know, the water is coming up and it's like a cock. And she's going down to kiss it. Just the tip. But <laughs> yes. she's attractive. But she's not, holy yeah, she's shit, a- hot. She's attractive. It's not like she's the most, like he said in that clip, she's the most amazing looking woman I've ever seen. No, she's not. Dude, Mallory was better looking. Uh, what was the fat one's name? <laughs> Tina? No, that was, was her name in real, real life. Name. Tina Yothers. Tina Yothers. Oh, and Mallory. The, the, the chick from, um, oh gosh, the thing we were just talking about was also in, oh, now we're, we're, we're doing family ties in the other one. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Growing Pains. The one that played Chrissy Seaver that we just talked about oh. a couple weeks ago. She was yeah. in something else, but anyway. Well, Courtney, Courtney Cox was in Family Ties for a spell. Was she? She was Michael J. Fox's, one of one of his long-term girlfriends in that show. Okay. And then his real wife was one of his long-term girlfriends. Yeah, I, I remember that. And she's grateful that she doesn't have to own a blender to yeah, take yeah, some yeah, okay, counter yeah. space. Pick your, pick your moments, pick your moments. But uh, the, the boss in the mailroom is talking to somebody that says they need a driver for somebody's wife. Yeah, an executive's wife needs a ride. To Litchfield. Uh, now, Litchfield probably doesn't mean anything to you. It does not. So Litchfield was the name of the prison or the location of the prison in Orange is the New Black. No, oh, I never watched that show. Is it worth watching? No, it is not. No? No. Right. Uh, um, I mean, doesn't like every single female in that show get naked at some point? Yeah. 
But still, even Donna, even Donna from that '70s show. Yes. Okay. But uh, she's a Scientologist. Well, are you sure? Yes, positive. Because I know the I know the other dude, the rapist, is a Scientologist. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, but Michael Brantley says, uh, "Where's that?" He's just follow the smell of money. And then he's going out to a car. Shouldn't he have a, a a little tux or some kind of driver's outfit with the hat? Yes. Yeah, I guess not. An unseen woman gets in the car, and he, he tries to talk to her as they start driving, and he meets Vera. Excuse me, ma'am. I know I'm not supposed to consort. Then don't. Did you say you seem kind of upset? I was wondering if there was anything I could do. I don't know. My cook quit this morning. My analyst is away on vacation. My Mercedes broke down. I split my nail. My husband is screwing somebody at the office. What did you have in mind? Stick your gum. <laughs> this is the third weekend in a row he's found an excuse not to come to the country. No, I don't know. But yeah. knowing him, it's probably some teenage airhead from the steno pool. <laughs> the last one I caught him with was so dumb. She thought dictation was some kind of S&M trip. <laughs> Do you know my husband? I'm sorry, I, I can't hear you. Oh, never mind. Didn't hear a thing. Ooh, I'm gonna have to call you back. <sighs> so mad I could spit. Looks twice as good today as he did the day we were married. I just look twice as old. Are you kidding? Wait, you look... Well, I just hope that when I'm his age, I can wake up every morning and find a woman as beautiful as you are lying next to me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first time that they use the Ferris Bueller's music. But this is the introduction of Uncle, or excuse me, Aunt Vera, who was, right. she was the, the owner in the first two major league movies. Correct. And uh, as the, oh yeah, music, what, what, when was that played in Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Uh, that I actually do not know. Okay. But um, she's putting on lipstick, more symbolism. Uh, battle, the, the, the privacy screen, they're battling. He's trying to close it. She's trying to open it. Which is uh, the exact opposite of when they first got into the car because he right. was trying to open it and she was trying to close it. Now the, the, the tables have turned a little bit. Yes. And she's rubbing her legs together like a cricket trying to attract other crickets. Yeah, well... Uh, about like three seconds later, you're going to hear. Yeah, but the you know the antenna. We see the antenna go up. Uh, she locks the door, and then the windshield wiper fluid. Yep, squirts out. Yep, and they get to her place. Um, she lights a heater. She lights a Brad heater. Is it a 100? Yes, it is. Yes, it's a healthy yeah. cigarette, at least. Yeah. He doesn't like the smoke. He's like, <laughs> uh, but in real life, he was a heavy smoker while this movie was being. I didn't know that. Oh, just wait. It, com it comes up big time. Um, he lets her out and helps her bring her stuff in. And she goes, what you drinking? Yeah. They, do, do you recognize the house? No. That's Jack Ryan's house from Clear and Present Danger. What? No, it's not. Oh, yeah. Look it up. Um, Jack Ryan. They lived on the, they lived on the coast. 
You come out to the cars. Yeah, that no, they live that they're in, in clear and present tra- in in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger and Hunt for October. Yeah, that house is far bigger than right. the one in Clear and Present. That's a mat lie. Okay, but um, he, she asked what he's drinking. He's like, I, I got to get back, and she says something about the trees sucking up all the oxygen. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I think this is yours. She tells him more uh, about what it is that she does. Mm-hmm. What did you say your name was? Brantley. No, no, no. I mean your first name. That's it. Brantley. Well, Brantley, I don't know what you want out of Pemrose Corporation, but I'll tell you what you do not want. You don't ever, ever want to become a corporate wife. I'll watch my step. Have another. Yeah, she gives him her drink. Thanks. I've run 8,000 miles on that tennis court chasing a fuzzy little yellow ball with an oversized racket. Do my legs look heavy to you? No. Swum laps from here to the moon in that pool. Do you see anything on this body that isn't firm? Tennis, swimming, aerobics, jogging, massage, anything and everything to stay in shape. Not that he'd ever notice. So, Brantley, do you know why I stay in shape? How about a dip in the pool? (laughs) No, wait, are you serious? Listen. So now it's time for a little bit of a throwback. Okay. Does my ass look good in this thong? So does Doug catch these signs? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. I do. I, yeah. I, I, I would have caught them in the car. And, okay, oh. now that we've been introduced to both Christy and to Aunt Vera, mm-hmm. within the context or the confines of the, the Secret of My Success universe, you have Christy over here. And you mm-hmm. have Aunt Vera over here. Which way do you do, do you go? Mm. That's a tough one because Christy's the kind of gal that you want to take home to mom. Sure, she's the girl that you want to marry. Aunt Vera is the the the, the good time gal. <laughs> yeah, but she's also super super fucking rich. <laughs> yes, that is true. How old do you think she is? So he's he's what twenty three. Uh, twenty four. Twenty four. Twenty four. How old do you think Vera is? 45? 45. Sure. That would be my guess. See, when I was 24, 45 would look like really old to me. No, I... You have a different per- perspective. Yeah, now, I, I do. Yeah. You know, now you, you look at Aunt Vera. She's not that great looking. She kind of has a weird face. Uh, she's got an attitude, though. And she's got a presence. Yeah. And... I think that, you know, especially as we get to know Christy a little bit, besides her propensity for low blood sugar, um, she's going to be a little bit more, actually, she's going to be more in your, in your, like, in your lane. I think Aunt Vera is going to be more in my lane. (laughs) All right. Red, Aunt Vera breaks out the red ball gag. (laughs) I I, I guarantee that. She's been Chris, chained up before. <laughs> yeah, Christy walks around in one of my Oxfords with two buttons buttoned down from the top. No, that that's way way too forward for her. 
You think so? Yeah. She, you, you just think she's just like bang me missionary? Yep. Granny panties. Yeah. The whole that whole thing. So anyway. Uh, All right. But he says, well, this is a really tempting diversion, but I have a job. And she calls the office and says that he's helping out with some yard work. Yeah. He's going to help her in the garden. Yes. In the garden. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, but, he's got he's, he's to trim some bush. Well, I'm sure he would. But he jumps into the pool. He cannonballs. And then she does a very elegant dive. And she's wearing a two-piece. Mm-hmm. And then she's pulling down his shorts. and Yes. He's he's got like skin colored underwear on. <laughs> she's she's kissing the I, tip I, underwater. I, re- I I rewound it a couple of times to see if we actually saw Michael J. Fox cock. We don't. No, but it's close. Yes, they, they probably had to cut around it. And she <laughs> takes off her top, and then in the pool house, she says that after they're done, kind of in the post coital glow, she says that she's going to make sure her husband gives him a leg up. Which yeah, once again, there's more you can read into it. Right. He declines. He wants to make it to the top all by himself. And she's like, oh, you're just so cute. And, you know, I know you have a clip here, but one of the things that I've told my kids as far as like when they're interviewing for either internships or for scholarships or even for jobs, leverage everything you have, whether it be contacts that I have or your mother has or one of our friends have or one of your friend's parents have, leverage all of that. There's no shame in taking advantage of the groundwork that's been laid for you for other by other people. Mm-hmm. Why fight the hard road when life is hard enough as it is? You know, take the take the wins that you have, take the the shortcuts that are afforded to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I started my business, I started with zero customers, and ninety percent of my customers I have are I created on my own, either through advertising and good work and then word of mouth. But I was never going to turn down, you know, the people that my dad knew that called me that needed pest control and said, hey, Dickson, I need you to come and do this for me. Yeah, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to turn that down. So yeah, I've been helped along the way a little bit, but most of it comes from my elbow grease. And, you know, just when I've changed jobs, you know, most of the jobs I've gotten have been through, I've worked with this person before and it kind of, it opens doors. You still have to go through them and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, prove yourself in those situations. But that's the one thing as you get older, because it's, you have two people that you can potentially hire and older people generally have more experience. They're going to have like a higher price tag to hiring them, but that's because they have experience. So getting just getting in front of people is a big thing. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. back to the movie. He compliments her again. Mm. I could spend a week inside those sweet, unwrinkled eyes. Can I make a personal observation? Um, anything but the thighs. You know, somebody sold you a bill of goods and convinced you you had to be 21 forever. That's bullshit. I think you're terrific. I think the only thing wrong with you is your husband is a jerk. You're beautiful. You're intelligent. You're sensuous. Say that again. Yeah, which part? All of it. <laughs> yeah. But then her husband comes home and he looks out the window and she goes, oh, shit, it's my husband. He goes, that's my uncle. I'm that just- makes you... Auntie Vera. And she laughs. I've disgraced the whole family. No, no you haven't. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> have you ever had one of those you you have to get dressed in a hurry and not necessarily get dressed and bolt, but get dressed because like somebody is there and they're going to be in the room shortly? Uh, yeah, I'm sure I have. Okay. But, yeah. But she he escapes just in time and her bathrobe comes down. Is that nipple or is that a Band-Aid over her nipple to hide her hipple, nipple? Uh, I think it's it's a Band-Aid to hide her hipple. So, her hipple? Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> her hippopotamus. <laughs> but yeah, the uncle comes in and she tries to seduce him. And what does he say to that? What's for dinner? Yeah. Brantley's hiding and then he's being chased by a Doberman. And then uh-huh. uh, Betamax classic, he climbs a trellis. Yeah. No, it's lattice. He climbs a lattice. <laughs> <laughs> but how did he get back to town? The car, I guess. He had to have taken the limo. But they said that the the car was broken down, and and he she said that he went back a different way. I don't know. But the next day, or on Monday, whatever, he's talking to Melrose, and as he's coming into work, he says the worst thing that happened was he got laid. And then yeah. he's he sees Christy running for the elevator. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, he's Brent- delivering some mail. Uh, there's a voiceover of Melrose talking about the guy who got canned. Again, this movie repeats itself quite a bit. Yeah. In case you don't remember what happened five minutes ago, we're going to refresh your memory. Yeah. Like they could have trimmed off easily 15 minutes from this movie because it just repeats itself over and over and over again. And um, that guy's office isn't locked. Yeah. The guy that got fired. Yeah. And then again, a voiceover of Auntie Vera saying, my husband will give you a break. No, I need to make it on my own. And then he sits at his desk. He puts his feet up on the desk. And this is where we see the bottom of his shoes. One of them has a big black stain on it. Okay. That is from, that is how he would put out his heaters was by putting it up, putting it out on the bottom of his shoe. Go back and watch it. One shoe just has all these black spots on it from him putting out his heaters. Yeah. But uh, the phone is ringing and he answers it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a balls guy. He, the balls on this guy. It's a guy from distribution. And uh, then we cut to his uncle, the big boss, and all of his executives are jogging on the roof of the building talking about what is going on. I do not have a fear of heights per se. I would not want to be doing this. No, I do. I, I'm not a big fan of heights. I I don't mind roller coasters. I don't mind, you know, if I had to go in a helicopter or an airplane, not, nothing like that. But being way up high and then standing either on the ledge or st- even up against a rail, I get that that goofy butterfly feeling in my cock. But yeah, everybody's checking their pulse. Uh, the boss doesn't care. And meanwhile, Brantley is still on the phone and he decides that he's going to work the problem for the guy that's on the phone. What in the fuck is he thinking? Yeah, the guy that he's on the phone for can't get approval of two extra trucks, and Brantley's like, what does a boxcar cost? And this guy that he's talking to is like, damn it, you're a man of action. I like this. And But back to Prescott talking to uh, all of his minions, he's saying that they are ripe for a hostile takeover, and they need to cut costs. Cut costs and raise capital, and then... He and the guy kind of come to an agreement on what they're going to do, and they hang up, and Brantley celebrates. Yes. Why? <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got it. Well, he's he's coming up with a plan. I can do this. 
and then the next day he's back to, back to that shot of all the people walking um, across that big concrete bridge to the building, and he's now in a suit. And he avoids Melrose, who's waiting for him. Yes. And there is like this big theory when it comes to business, whether it be IT or true business, of there's a certain amount of fake it until you make it, where you have to kind of roll with things and learn very quickly. And this is what his whole thing is, is he is going to just fake it until he makes it. It's in full effect. Mm -hmm. And Brantley sees somebody and has to avoid them, and he ducks into Christie's office, and they have this conversation. This isn't a men's room. No, they took the urinals out last week. I didn't like them. How about a paper cup? <laughs> that made me laugh. Sorry, I'm just about the only woman executive at Pemrose, and some days I have a chip about the men's room. Sorry. Hey, nice office. Nice, uh, nice furniture. Goes with your hair. Thank you. I like your suit. It goes nicely with your nose. <laughs> wow. This conversation isn't going very well. Thank you. There's enough talk in the world already. Good morning. That meant goodbye. I have work. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I've uh, got a lot of work myself. Morning. She types really loud. Billy swept her off her feet. The reason I like that clip is her very dry-witted answers or things that she says made me laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. The thing about the urinals, I had them taken out last week. Would you like a paper cup? Yeah. yeah. It, I thought it was – she's very, very cold, but still th there, there was something there. And it also reminded me of most conversations I had with women when I was single because just saying stupid shit or the way that she says, I like your tie, it goes with your nose. Yeah. But he hits his head with the briefcase. You think maybe all this head trauma might have? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Um, but he goes in the office. His office. He, his office. His office. His, his new office. <laughs> his fake office. Right. And he, he calls somebody and bitches about not having a secretary. Um, he plays the asshole well, so maybe he could be a in a maybe he could be a suit. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, we'll send you know we'll send the mailroom boy down there with a requisition, and then he changes. He does his quick change, sends himself. Yes, he does, and he's delivering mail and he's putting in requisitions. Uh, his his boss, God, says that he's late. Uh, back to him now, changing in the office. Uh, his new secretary comes in, and he's half undressed. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Oh, oh. Uh, I'm Jean, your secretary." She's a smoker. I'm not wearing anything. I see that. It was warm. Seems cooler now. I'll get dressed. Yes, sir. I'll move my stuff in. Great, Gene. Good idea. And what song kicks in here? Walking on Sunshine by Casey and the... No. 
No, it's I'm Katrina and the Waves. Katrina and the Waves. Who? who? You're thinking Casey, Casey and, and the, the Sunshine Band. Sunshine Band. Yeah. All right. Yes. But yeah, Jen, another, Jen said that another, that would be her walk-up song. I'm walking on sunshine. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, that that's lame. <laughs> no, you got to have something I lo- better. I love how you just tell your wife that things are lame. <laughs> well, you know, have better ideas. <laughs> Well, she said that my idea for my walk-up song was stupid as well. So, And what was your walk-up song again? America, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But um, <laughs> he gives yeah. his secretary a bunch of stuff and orders, and he's saying good morning to everybody, and he kind of flirts with one woman. Wouldn't somebody potentially recognize him as, like, the mailboy? No, Matt. There's 30,000 people in this building. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Um, oh, lawn boy. Not mailboy. Lawn boy. But so now we have a haven't used this one in a long time. No. Montage of the week. Yeah, it's I mean, all kinds of stuff going on. He's on a treadmill. He's stopping to talk to pretty girls, meeting the executives, runs runs back into Supergirl. um, Yeah, she wants nothing to do with him. Yeah, he's trying to strike up a conversation with her in the lounge. Um she asks some guy for some numbers and he says that he doesn't have them and she gets really cunty with this guy. This is Dauber from Coach. And big, big tall blonde goofy guy. He's, he well he's he's um uh the, he he's the guy. He's the guy in the sweatsuit in Die Hard that John McClane kills first. That's this is Dauber from from Coach. Yeah, um no more table. No, that's the other guy. <laughs> But um, she, as you know, she asks for these numbers, gets kind of cunty, and then Michael J. Fox Brantley is talking to her, and he asks well, have, her about lunch. I don't eat lunch, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just trying to be friendly." He introduces himself, and he, she mellows just an RCH here, but there's a problem, and there's boardroom. Everybody has to get to the boardroom immediately. Yeah, the art comes in. Art is like the head. He's like the second in command of of the executives, right? Yeah, and he's kind of a creeper later. A little bit, yes. He's got bad news. Everybody to the boardroom. Um, <laughs> it's a Batman. <laughs> it's like a little spinny thing. Uh-huh. Uh, she turns him down three times for dinner. He does not know how to take no for an answer. I do not have that clip anymore. But he walks around that, and then somebody asks who Brantley is. I was a new employee. I'm new here. Uh, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> You will. I'll make sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Art tells of the corporate raid that there's, there again, more repeating of that there's a hostile takeover. And what do they need to do? Cut, cut, cut. Cut, cut, cut. Yes. Company needs cash for defense. And, okay, who wants to get it started? And so who is the first person that has a suggestion for what they can do to make cuts? Is this Brantley? It's Christy. Oh, Christy. Okay. This is your clip. Anybody want to fire the first shot? Kill Toledo. If we close down our distribution centers in Toledo, Joplin, Jacksonville, we'll slash the reading completely off the books. Whitfield, you don't have to raise your hand. Just speak. Thank you. Well, I know I'm new here and everything. And on the surface, these cuts seem like a good idea. Seem like a good but idea. But closing down those distribution centers would be a big mistake. It so happens that those closings are exactly what Mr. Prescott wants. 
Well, then Mr. Prescott hasn't thought things through very well. I'm going to tell him you said that. Good. Look, closing down those centers will put a strain on this company's cash position. And in the long run, those cuts are going to hurt this company's innate value. Innate value? What is he talking about? Look, Davidson here will back me up on this. Davidson? Uh, I'm Proctor. He's Davidson. Well, damn it, Davidson, tell him. You wrote a memo to Mr. Thomas here explaining exactly what I'm talking about. Well, how, how did you know I, I wrote that memo? How did I know you wrote that memo? Who else could write that memo, Davidson? That memo was famous. That memo was a masterpiece, clear, concise, to the point. That was the best damn memo I ever read. Yeah, he, he recovers well. Mm-hmm. And he sure does. He sucks up and he says, we have to build, we have to expand, we have to make the company so damn strong, nobody will sell their stock. And he gets a, a smattering of applause. And then the other head guy, I can't remember his name. What, is, what does he ask Brantley? Mm. How old are you? Oh, I'm 24. Well, well shut, shut up the and fuck shut, up. <laughs> shut up until you're 25. And then they argue some more and find the cuts. Yeah, Christy storms out. She's pissed because he totally mm-hmm. fucked her. <laughs> yes, he did. And yeah. back in the mailroom, the, the boss is pissed. Where have you been? <laughs> well, you sent me somewhere waiting for an answer. Took a long time. And now we're in his apartment, which looks less shitty than it did last time we saw it. Right. Well, he's cleaned it up bad. Maybe, you know. And this was actually a sound of the week, I believe. This scene was a sound of the week. Are you sure? I think it was one of mine. I don't remember. I don't remember doing it. Where people are banging and he pretends to be the conductor and conducts the sex noise. I'm I'm almost positive I use that as a sound of the week. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't don't remember it. But I, I would think that that would be something that I would remember. I have to go consult the spreadsheet. But- he yes. wouldn't be able to do that. He wouldn't know their their cadence. And- well, I don't. If, if this is a nightly thing, and it seems like uh, it's a I nightly a, mul- a multiple nightly thing, yes. He and he cracks the beer right as they the come both- shot. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> and he's sleeping. The buzzer rings. People are still banging. And who's at the door? It's Vera. <laughs> it's Vera. Yeah, she she, she says that he he uh he telepathically called her. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I would I would have used the phone. <laughs> He, he lets her in. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's got that magic cock, but would she slum it like this? Mm. I mean, she's got somebody that makes her feel good. He's saying all the right things. I mean, it may seem kind of shallow, but it's that's a good way to get into a woman's pants is just saying the right things. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and it could be it could be bullshit, but he's being honest with her. Right. But, yeah, she visits him. I had a hell of a day, and I really have to get some sleep. Bradley, you're a young man. Young men have lots of energy. We have a problem. What? Your husband is my boss. Oh, him. We won't tell him. Besides, Howard's working late tonight. On whom I have no idea. You know, she says something about how he he's young, he has energy, whatever. I remember when I was younger, you could have the whole, you know, this is the beginning of a relationship and we're up fucking all night and you can roll into work after, you know, an hour or two hours worth of sleep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, no, it's I've I've uh, now that my busy season has started, I've I've made the decision to no longer drink during the week because I just can't, man. I just even a cocktail. I, it's it fucks with your your circadian rhythm in in bed, mm-hmm. and it's I need my sleep. I I need it. I'm 50. I need that. I need that solid sleep and good sleep, and not waking up with even just a tinge of a headache. So, or yeah, you gotta week, go pee. I'm, that sucks too. And that's and that's another thing. It's like okay, I'm not gonna drink anything after 6 p.m. because I don't want to have to wake up in the middle of the night to pee. But the last thing that Vera said was he's out with somebody, God knows who, but who yeah. is he actually out with? Oh, he's out with Supergirl. And she wants to talk business and and he wants to know if the restaurant has a bedroom upstairs. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's horny. Uh, and she's like, I'm not comfortable with this. And you're married. He says, well, we have an understanding. <laughs> <laughs> and then go back to Brantley's apartment. He's already done. And Vera is getting dressed as... Brantley starts conducting. Hold on a second. Hold on. No, no, no. Yeah. She then. Oh, no, you're right. Yes. They're getting dressed. Um, Then don't we go back to the hotel? Yeah. We go back to the restaurant. Yes. Yeah. And again, she says, I have ideas for cuts. Okay. We get it. Got to cut shit. (laughs) Yeah. It's they're kind of driving that home. But the uncle says that he loves her. And she says that Brantley Except she refers to him as Whitfield. And this is the thing. Right. I just call him Brantley the whole time. I never throw so, the Whit- Whitfield thing in there because it's no. too confusing. Um, and and the uncle, who is, his name is... Prescott. Prescott. How, Howard Prescott. I didn't hire anybody. Yeah. And then he, he deducts, oh, he must be a plant by whoever the dude is that's, that wants to do this hostile. Herman Munster. Herman Munster. Her- oh, boy. Yeah. No, that's wrong with him. <laughs> but um, yeah. Get close to him and spy on him. Right. And then the next day. In the mailroom. In the mailroom. And then he's doing a quick change in the elevator. Yeah. He, he pulls out the emergency stop and then he's changing to his suit clothes. And how, how long could this, I don't know what the timeline of this film is from start to end. No, I don't know. It, it cannot be sustainable for a long period of time. A couple of weeks. That, that would be, I mean, I'm assuming that's probably what it takes, but that's a, that's a, that's a stretch to get it to actually work for yeah. several weeks without getting busted. Yeah. And he gets off the floor and people were waiting for the elevator and he runs into his secretary getting coffee. And once again, he gives her tons of shit to do back mm-hmm. to the elevator, change clothes again. Yeah. Elevator Maybe. repair guy. Did you recognize him? He's from glory. He's, he's been in a bunch of shit, but he's yeah, sick he's of like, them always getting stuck. Yeah. There's, there's men dying down there. Good men. When he's talking to the guys of the four fifty fourth or the, He's talking to the black soldiers in glory. He's not talking and, to Matthew Broderick. No, no. He's and it's it's something like, yeah, there's good men dying up there. Something like that. That's where I recognize him from. But uh, the elevator gets unstuck and he's he's changing still and his secretary is there. So what does he do? He flexes. He's flexing. Yeah, he would get fired for that as well. Yeah. But he gives his pants to his secretary and he's like, here, take these to the cleaner. <laughs> what, you just have an elevator jerk? <laughs> But now we're in Chrissy's office and she's working. She's going through notes that she stole from Brantley's office and she takes yes. them to the boss. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she, she says, my spying days are done. If you want anything else, get them yourself. Right. But Prescott asks if she thinks that he's working for Davenport. That's the 
the other Davenport. One. That's that's Herman Munster. And God, I wish I could do a Herman Munster laugh right now. What, what was her? Is her name Lily? Oh, Lily! No, I, God, I'm, <laughs> it's so bad. Um, uh, <laughs> is that a Herman Munster laugh? That might be. But the, the next day, they're in the boardroom, and the head guy or the second in command, not Prescott, but the guy we've talked about before. Art. He yeah. he chumps out a guy about to give a report. And then Brantley comes in, and apparently in his changing quickness, he forgot to change out of khakis into actual yeah. dress pants. Those are some awfully casual pants, Brantley. Well, I'm trying out a new product line. It's a Whitfield, but... Yeah, Christy has more cuts that she wants to, to impose. Yeah, and then Prescott comes in, and Brantley ducks under the table. Yeah. But Prescott says he's going to sit in for a minute, and Brantley fakes a nosebleed and runs out. That would never work. No. And yeah. uh, Prescott goes after him. Oh, my arm! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little caddy check for it. But um, Prescott goes after him, and Brantley goes, and he hides in a supply co- closet, and some people yeah. are in there. And what's going on there? They're fucking and completely oh, yeah. oblivious. You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. <laughs> That's going on there. Yeah. They're completely oblivious to him. And uh, that night, Brantley is in his office, and Christy shows up, and She's looking around his office and he gives her, or actually, I think she asks for more of like his well, ideas. She says, she comes in and he goes, uh, Oh, she goes, Oh, you're a workaholic. Well, yeah. And she goes, Well, I'm one too. We have something in common. So, what's all this supposed to be? Oh, it's the, it's the heart and soul of an idea you hated expansion in the Midwest. So, I don't hate it. I just think it's risky. Furthermore, Mr. Prescott doesn't want it. It's a waste of time to pursue it. But if something's right, how can it be a waste of time? There is no right or wrong. There is only opinion. You know, in some states, you can get arrested for saying that. All right. Convince me. Yeah. He whips out his cock. <laughs> uh-huh. And he throws a bunch of binders at her. And then there's kind of like cutting back and forth and they're throwing documents back and forth. And she has this really, really bad acting thing here where, where her blood, her blood sugar is low. Yes. Okay. Oh, oh, my blood sugar is low. Um, yes. And they go to get food. Yeah. He repeats himself once again about what his plan was (laughs) for, for some reason, Mercedes rule is their waitress. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, she's going to show up later, isn't she? Isn't she one of the people that shows up like around the boardroom meeting? No. She doesn't? She's not like one of the investors? No. Okay. But uh, she asks how long the two of them have been together. Yeah, we're not together. Or actually, I think he says about an hour. Yeah. Well, you should go together. And then she says that she's an actress. And I put that in there because I thought, oh, they're going to use her later on as in a role. Yes. And no, she's... Has nothing else to do in this movie. But she says that, you know, they they should be together. And did you catch the name of the restaurant? Floyd's? Locks Around the Clock. Kind of like Rock Around the Clock because it's oh. bagels. Oh. But uh, she's a little bit more on board for his expansion ideas. She's a little mm-hmm. bit more open to his ideas. And they share a moment. I think they're on a boat at this point. It's my boat. And they have... This kind of romance talk? Yeah. 
okay, so you're open to my business ideas. Now how about my after-work ideas? Don't push. Yesterday I thought you were obnoxious. Actually, they're not on a boat yet. You know, a lot of people start out that way. They usually end up getting married. Don't hold your breath. Come on. Look, I think you're secretly crazy about me. And I think you'd feel a lot better if you just admit it. Come on, you like me. I'm an acquired taste. That whole scene was in silhouette for some reason. Okay. No idea why. But then we see the Twin Towers, which to Uh me is always weird when we see. And obviously, you know, they still were around there, but it's just weird. It, It always sticks out to me. Well, I remember the first time, the very first, like, teaser trailer for Spider-Man, Spider-Man? with Tobey yeah. Maguire had him Capturing stringing a, a, a helicopter, helicopter. Yeah. Yes, in webs between the Twin Towers. And, yeah, that, that, that didn't age well because <laughs> the movie came out after 9-11. Right, exactly. But yeah. the Twin Towers were in three consecutive shots. But the next morning, this is when they're on the boat. Okay. So they haven't banged. I was just like, they're going to fuck now. And no, they're just having one of those amazing all-night talks like Joey did with Dina Meyer. Right. Yeah. Actually, I watched something with Dina Meyer today, but... Starship Troopers? No. Something um, I guarantee you've never heard of. What? What? The Whale? No. <laughs> it's one over to the right of that. Oh, Missing? No, no. It was... Uh, Detective Night Independence. Oh, it was that uh, the Bruce Willis movie? This is his last film. Was that part three of a trilogy? Yes, it was. <laughs> Did you see the previous two? We'll talk about it later. Um, okay. But he, he, for some reason, is carrying his round-trip plane ticket with him. Yeah, back and he, to Kansas. Yeah. And he says when he uses it, New York beat him, which I think that's been said before already. Mm-hmm. And... He says that she's kind of a mess, and he has this observation about her. How you can be so incredibly beautiful. Be such a mess. When two people get involved on a project together, there's a danger of getting emotionally involved. That would be bad. They confuse the intensity of their involvement on the project and mistake it as a relationship. They're kind of rubbing noses this whole time. What are you? He's on an apple crate. It's happened to me. It's actually still happening to me, I guess. And then the project ends and they find they don't have anything to talk about. Okay. Settle then. We won't get involved while we're working on this project. Right. Right. Yeah, standing on Apple Crate or not, he would just be stabbing her, like, in her thigh <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> All right, but he asks who the competition is, and she says, it's just a guy. Um, just call I can't him. Call. No, I can't, because his wife might answer. And uh, it's a big mistake. He's never done that. I'm like, uh, yeah. and then he says, yeah, I've never been involved with a married man. <laughs> yeah. Fair um, enough. But... She says, well, they're sort of separated. Well, no, she says she thought he was separated when it started, but it was a oh, lie. Oh, it was a lie. And then he kisses her. And then what so. happened to the whole not getting together? And then what does she say after they kiss for the first time? Uh, that was good. No, Do she said again. that wasn't bad. Oh, okay. Like, hey, hey, bitch. 
yeah. and then she says something, asks him a question. Well, okay, everybody kisses differently, right? All right. Yes. It's. I mean, you kind of have to work into a groove. Some chicks give way too much tongue. Yeah, I'm we've sure talked about I, the bird. Yeah. I'm sure when I was a young man, I was just like, just you know, trying to dig out the cavities. Fillings. That actually gets referenced in in a TV show I just started watching. Oh, about all know, right. Are you one of those guys that like jackhammers with your tongue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's you know, no first kisses are never. It's like first time you have sex. It's not good. Well, you're trying. You're 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 feeling out. You're you're trying to get used to the environment. You know. Yes. You're trying to get used to where you're at, and the more is it's just like if you are in a golf league, the more times you play the same course the better your scores are going to be. Yeah. Hooking the G doesn't work for everybody. No. It doesn't. Some women, it makes them feel like they got to pee really bad. Right. Yeah. But, um, so. yeah, she says, uh, can you do it just as good again? He says, he'll try. You, you think she pulls that shit when he goes down on her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They neck and do some heavy petting. And they end and up then, in bed. Yes. Wait, the next day. Wait, are they at her, his place, though? I don't know. I thought it was his place, and I thought that was BS, because there's no way that would be given up the whole thing because oh, there's yeah. no way he's an executive and he's living in that shithole. Sure. But yeah, the next day, or it's actually that the, it's not even the next day. It's the following Monday because that was a Friday. Oh, all right. Prescott is waiting for her in her office and asks, where were you? I'm pissed. And then she's like, well, I was you know busy. And the next shot, they're talking on the phone. Yeah. So he goes back to his office and she's breaking things off with, her, with him and he hangs up on her. <laughs> Just, Hello? <laughs> right. And then he comes into her office. Bradley, did you know that Whitfield is here? Sorry. That's Call nice. you back. Look, I'm not going to pressure you on this. I want you to take your own time and decide what's best for you. Thank you. I do think the timing is a little ironic, though. I was going to tell you last night that Vera and I have agreed on terms for a divorce. Yeah, you, you cut out before they said blowjob. <laughs> yeah. It's from Animal House. It is, yes. But uh, she wants the notes that she took from his office. Okay, of course. And, uh, wouldn't he just, wouldn't he fire her at this point? Uh, he can't. Well, actually, in 1987, he still could. Sure, absolutely. He could be smacking her ass and she couldn't do anything about it. Right. Now, no, not so much. But no. Yeah, Davenport has called an emergency meeting. He's offered to take over the company and all key people are being invited to Litchfield, which is the place we saw before where Brant Brantley first fucked Vera. And he, he asks her one more question, though. Um, who were you with last night? And she says, Whitfield. Well, she actually, she says, she says Whitfield, but Brantley. It was all business. <laughs> was it? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> and she says, he's got some great ideas and a smooth yeah. cock. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of smooth cock. Okay. I, I, need, I need to whip mine out and take a whiz. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I, I don't know if you've ever been in one of those washrooms that has the multi-height urinals. 
like the little kid ones. It's got the little kid ones, and then it's got like huh. the adult ones. Uh-huh. And when you really have to pee, and all that's left is a little kid one, and, and like you use it. Well, but your 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 cock is actually above <laughs> the, the top of the urinal. <laughs> it's unfortunate yeah. when that happens. Yeah, but. Okay, back to the movie. Brantley goes and talks to her, and she says, oh, I hate men. And he says, well, I'm glad I'm not one of them. Um, yeah, she's in no mood for his his charm right now. No, she's not. But he but, wants to see her this weekend, and she says, I can't. I have some loose ends that I have to tie up. And, and both of them are, in a way, trying to come clean here. That's not a euphemism. That's actually, you know, a thing. Um, they, they both are trying to like kind of get out the truth, but they don't have a way of doing it. But then Prescott shows up and, no, oh, and it's, no, I'm sorry. It's not Prescott. It's God. The mailroom it's boss. the mailroom yeah. boss. Yes. And he's, he's running after Brantley and Melrose sees this whole thing and he's like, and then the boss gets to Melrose and I didn't see him. <laughs> yeah. They do two laps. Like they go down the stairs and then up the stairs and on the second lap. Melrose lifts a cable to trip the mailroom boss and almost kills like three people. Yeah, that's what it says. Somebody knows it kills three people. And then actually uh, Melrose asks, why is, is Brantley doing this? And they have this kind of back and forth. I don't like to lose. Then you never faced that situation. Face death. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. Yeah, he doesn't believe in the no-win scenario. But... Uh, Brantley is in a suit and Prescott is there and he wants to know why he's in a suit. So why is Brantley in a suit? Why why are you what are you doing here? He's like, I'm looking for Whitfield. Um Oh, uh there was a funeral. Who died? A friend. We he buried died. him. <laughs> we buried him. And then they have this little back and forth. Uh production performance starts for the Midwest region, I guess. That's when Prescott asked what this stuff was. Where is Whitfield? He's not here. Have you ever seen Whitfield, Brantley? Yes, sir. Well, lots of times. I deliver here every day. Great guy. How does he get all this information? Well, it's available in most quarterly stock reports. Probably. Take this up to my office. Yes, sir. <clears throat> If you control the mail, you control information. <laughs> it's not very good, but <laughs> you, it's you, not bad. So Brantley leaves and Prescott is still going over the stuff on Brantley's desk. Mm-hmm. And Brantley goes up to Prescott's office. And who is up there? Well, first he runs into Melrose and, and Melrose is like, what are you doing? You're going to get caught. If you get caught, that means you get canned. And Brantley says, I'm staying one step ahead. Then he goes to Prescott's office. Well, Auntie Vera is there. What are you doing this? Ow. I'm going to have you for lunch. Can I get you ham and cheese? Oh, look at that cute little Adam's apple. Andrew, I'd never say that. Listen to me. Oh, shit. Since the last time we met, there's been a change. Yeah, okay. Nice suit. Look. look, what I mean to say. Oh, I'm not free anymore. What, you're going to charge me? Oh, you're getting awfully cynical. Does your mother know about this? Oh, I'm no, not I mean, I'm not available. Oh, oh good. You're not going to charge me. Oh. 
Don't worry, Brantley. I don't want to marry you. I'm already married. I just want to love you. Uh-huh. Love. Mm, I don't mean love as in two star-crossed virginettes running through the clover. Nothing icky like that. I'm a practical woman. You should be a practical young man. If you would just relax and let me, I could steer you through these shark-infested waters of this stupid... Uh-huh. Just like I steered Howard. Look, I like you. I really like you. But I got to tell you, I become seriously and emotionally involved with someone who isn't my aunt. I forgive you, Bradley. There's someone else in my life. I got it. I got it. I don't care. There's someone else in my life, too. Maybe we should introduce your girlfriend and my husband, and we both have the same people Look, in our lives. I don't want to get rough with you, but I'll belt you around if I have to. Ooh. Oh, Jesus Christ, Vera, I'm going to get fired. Give me a break. Don't uh. whine, Bradley. Life is too short before you know it. You'll be 25, <laughs> wondering where it all went. What the hell is this? He fainted. So, funny thing, haha. Um, apparently, you must be clairvoyant because I had meant to send you uh, a text that said lobby soon. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually sent it to somebody that had wished me happy birthday. <laughs> and they said, not sure that was meant for me. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> uh, and, it, and literally, it was right after you had sent me that. But. Are you a, are you an Adam Apple, Adam's Apple guy? <laughs> not really. <laughs> are you into those? <laughs> it's not my thing. So you did catch that. You must have been eating those chips at that time. I was. I was munching on them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but so Vera wants to have a basically a transactional relationship with Brantley. And ha- have you ever had a a purely transactional? There was no emotion. It was just hey, we are fuck buddies type relationship with somebody. You know, unfortunately, no, I have not. And I and I kind of feel like that was something that was missing, that I've missed out on that, of just having a fuck buddy. Now, right I, before I moved to Ohio, um, when I was working at American, there was a girl, and she, she was kind of my fuck buddy, and it got messed up because, as it always does, it never stays as mm. what it was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was, hey, I I think we should date. That that's what was said to me, and mm-hmm. why? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's not what this is. And then I go into work, and everybody's giving me a hard time. How come you won't date this girl? I'm like, because she's not my type. I mean, we have fun. We, I mean, she's a great girl, but she's just not. You know, that's not how I see her. We had she that. doesn't have a guys. She doesn't have a penis. She doesn't have an Adam's she's not, apple. Yeah, she's that was not my type. <laughs> but yeah, I was I dated a girl and we were casually dating, and um, we were doing everything but having sex because I remember her telling me that she wasn't on the pill and she didn't want to go on the pill and that I would have to use a rubber. So I'd just be like, "Well, I'm not ready to have sex with you then. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not ready to make." <laughs> make that next step. So I was fine with with all the the fantastic blowjobs that I was getting from uh, her. Uh, when you said all the other stuff, I thought you meant like playing Sega hockey. <laughs> that is the girl that I played Sega <laughs> okay. hockey with. Okay. This is that girl. Okay. Yeah, and and then one night on the phone, we uh, we were casually dating for like two months, maybe three months, and she called me and she's like, I I, I want to get more serious with you, and I'm like, at that point. I, I liked her, but I just didn't want a serious girlfriend. And I was just like, I, I, I said, I'm sorry. I can't do that. So that was that. Yeah. But during the whole thing with Vera and Brantley, she is kind of 
slowly riding him down the couch as he's trying to fend her off. And then yeah. she, at one point she actually snaps his suspenders. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. who comes in? Well, that's when Prescott comes in and she's like, he's like, oh, she, he felt, he became unconscious. Yeah. Hit his head or something like that. I'm not sure. I can't yeah, remember what it was. His head on the ceiling, the floor. Which one was it? Both. Neither. <laughs> it's yeah. very, very Scooby-Doo answers. Well, there's a big, there's a Scooby-Doo thing coming up here a little bit. I, I'm well aware. Um, but <laughs> he says that, Brantley says he walked in the office and saw this beautiful woman and fainted, which mm-hmm. given the way that they were found was probably not the best way to approach it. But, and he says out like a light crawled to this, the sofa. And then he wants to know why is Vera there? Um, I want to go to lunch. I've already had lunch. Well, you won't mind if Brantley takes me to lunch. And he says, I can't. <laughs> and why can't he? Uh, I don't know. I have a funeral. And, oh. then, and then Prescott says, I thought you already went. He says, in my grief, I forgot. So oh, none of this is unbelievable. Why do I not have any of this in my notes? I don't know. It's. But Vera wants Brantley yeah. to come to the party over the weekend. Yes. And she, Prescott is still there. And she mm-hmm. is very openly talking about fucking Brantley. It's yeah. not, there's no, I guess there's a little bit of cover there, but not much. And then now we're down on the, the treadmills and Prescott and Brantley are both on the treadmills. And there's some sweet tube TVs. Oh, well, they could they could watch while they're on the treadmill. Yeah, that probably weighed 150 pounds each. Uh huh. And Prescott says he knows everything, and Brantley thinks that the Uh-oh. gig is up or the jig is yeah. up. Um, and nope. Um, Prescott knows nothing. He says Vera likes you. I think she'd like to get to know you a lot better. I want you to yeah. spend time with her this weekend. Well, he says you're working hard and you're keeping your nose your nose clean. Um, and I have a favor to talk to ask you. And then they're. On bikes. And, and Prescott's right. talking about how, you know, yeah. we need multiple women. And he's talking specifically about Christy without actually naming her. Oh, now, no. So they transition from treadmills to bikes where they're sweating profusely. That's where he says, I need you to hang out with Vera. Now they're having a fine lunch. Okay. Yes. And now this is, he's telling him about his side snack. You know, I need time to get away or get the situation under control. I need you to occupy Aunt Vera. And I and, will reward you if you do that. Yes. And Prescott walks away and Brantley says, schmuck. And then he ad- admires like a really stupid piece of artwork that looks like a giant butt plug. Okay. <laughs> but then out at Litchfield, um, Vera pulls Brantley into a room and starts making out with him like immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then he kind of gets away. And then he is... Somebody like name checks him and he goes through this thing where he's kind of going through all these different names. Yeah. One person says, oh, no, oh, one person said, one person's like, hey, Brantley, or, um, uh, hey, Whitfield. What's Whitfield he is by, a fake name. What's what? Okay. I should know this. What's his first name, though? What's, what's Brantley's first name? What Brantley is his first name. For, uh, okay. All right. All right. So, yeah. Whitfield? Yeah, it's my middle name. It's not Brantley Whitfield. Hi, Carlton. I'm Carlton Foster. You go by all those names? Yeah, I get a lot of them. My parents couldn't make up their mind. My monogram looks like an eye chart. You're always surprising me, Brantley. That's your most attractive quality. Promise me you'll never stop. 
I promise. Good. Now, Roland Owens, first federal, very rich. We start with him. He made his money the really old-fashioned way. He inherited it. And see the man playing tennis with the elbow brace, the knee strap, and the glove? Vernon S. Fletcher, Wall Street's Iron Man. If he likes you, you can write your own ticket, and he'll like you. Who's the tall guy over there with all the girls? Good eye, Brantley. Harley McMaster's first multinational, recently divorced. They're all dying to be the second Mrs. First multinational. Listen, Vera, you're not gonna tell anybody I work in the mailroom, are you? <laughs> Trust me, Brantley. I got Howard his key to the executive washroom. I can do the same thing for you. It's weird. I don't remember there being a dog in this film. <laughs> so, my dog is kind of he's he's a he's kind of a a, a dummy. That when he sees a light on the wall, like reflection from the like a sun watch or on a, something yeah. on an iPad, yeah, he he has to chase it, even if it's on the ceiling. And it's kind of a game. And my missus was doing that on the other side of the house, and I was kind of surprised how loud that was. Was he a cat? <laughs> we 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 have the little laser light that he chases <laughs> on the floor. But uh, Prescott, no, so, no, his, no. So as Whitfield, he's Carlton Whitfield. Yes. And then, so you were you were wrong. No, I said that Brantley was his real first name. But yes, but that I thought as Whitfield, you said, "Oh, he's Brantley Whitfield." Also, I, that's not what I said. I don't, okay. I don't. I don't think. Check the tape. But um, Prescott um, is in a pool house or something. Probably the place where Brantley and Christy had, or Brantley and Vera had sex earlier. And he gives Christy Brantley's notes back, and then he pulls her in for a kiss, and then tries to rape her. <laughs> Yeah. And she says, let me go. And then a couple minutes later, she's walking through the woods and then Brantley grabs her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and he tries raping her. And she has to tuck in her shirt. Why? What happened in that two seconds? Nothing. Well, I guess he tried probably ramming his hand on her pants. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, that happens. But uh, aggressive. <laughs> all the young men out there. No, no. You can don't. be aggressive. Just make sure it's not dry. <laughs> no, no consent i'm kidding then go for I'm it kidding just not mm-hmm. be aggressive be be aggressive do not be a high school cheerleader but um prescott uh says he's talking to people and he says the cuts are good but christy says that she thinks that prescott or not prescott um whitfield or brantley is right and then we have another montage of vera introducing brantley to all the money men as yes. christy is arguing with the other execs Right. And they're and it in different seems parts like, of like the estate, if you will. Yes. And it seems like Brantley is giving his two cents on the situation and they're all like, you know, shaking their heads in approval that they are impressed with this young man's business acumen. And, and the guy that had been playing tennis earlier that had like all the things, including a strap, uh-huh. um, has a little yip yip kick dog that attacks Brantley. Yeah. And then in the next shot, Brantley is actually holding that dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Vera is watching Brantley work these money men. Mm-hmm. And she is just drowning. Right. Dripping wet. Yep. Brantley's holding court and more and more people are gathering. And then Vera, she sees this. And the the seed of an idea takes hold here for Vera. And as the montage music ends, Prescott is looking for Christy. And he he's going around, he's asking this person, this person, hey, have you seen Christy? You've seen Christy, you've seen Christy. Finally, 
runs into somebody that has seen Christine. Where did he see Christy? Oh, he's she's talking to Whitfield. And then Prescott makes a beeline over to Brantley and Christy, and then he says this to Brantley. Brantley, did you know that Whitfield is here? Yeah, I think he was here earlier, but he left. No, somebody saw him a few minutes ago talking to Christy. Now, I've got my reasons. I want you to stay close to Christy and keep Whitfield away from her. You do that for me? Hey, I'm your man. Good. I knew I could count on you. The guy with the straps dog is really loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But, okay, so that night, everyone is awake in bed, but they're all pretending to be asleep. What? Actually, just back up. Just one second. Okay. So Brantley then goes over to Christy, and she's wearing Ray-Bans, and she wants to know what Prescott wanted. And he says, he wants me to stay as close to you as possible. Really? I guess you think we make a really good couple. And then we go to that night. And this is one scene I remember from this film from, like, the first time I watched it. All right. So everybody's in their beds, and they are trying to – they're pretending to sleep. Yes. And then we get the – Bum, bum, oh, yeah. Which music. What they should have used for music is this. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Where they're going in and out of doors. Yes, and- that's exactly what this is. It's uh-huh. I, Even before my notes, I'm like, I remember the Scooby-Doo scene. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I brought up Scooby-Doo earlier, I said, yeah, that'll, that'll come up again. Yeah, and- yeah. Prescott sneaks out. Christy is getting ready. Brantley's snooping around. Um, yeah, Prescott is suspect. So mm-hmm. is Christy. Oh, because they're wearing pajamas? Yep. Okay. <laughs> and uh, uh, room Chris- to room this way and yeah. that way, people opening doors, ducking into other rooms. And one Christy guy. En- yeah. Christy, she ends up in Art's room, like the second in command of executives. And he gets a boner when he sees her. Well, I, I think and he goes into his nightside stand and he, he, he like, he takes a Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going, he's like sneaking up on her, like he's going to grab her tits or something. And she leaves just in the nick of time and slams his hand in the door. Right. And then Brantley has gone into Christie's room and he finds his notes in her room. And yes. now uh, Prescott is trying to get into Christie's room and it's locked. He's trying the door and as this well, happens, this his house. Yeah, he's got a key. For, he goes and gets a key, and Vera goes into Brantley's room. She's frustrated. The older guy, the guy who almost got to Christie, is super horny. He's just looking for anything. Mm-hmm. And despite how stupid and Scooby Doo esque this whole thing was, it was shot actually pretty well. Yeah, it was. And the the key is in Christie's lock once again, not a euphemism. And then Brantley kills the lights and hops into bed. And Prescott is talking to Brantley, thinking that it's Christy. And I thought for sure we were going to have a, when did you stop shaving your legs gag here that we've seen okay. in other movies? But he's, he's Prescott for the second time trying to rape again. Uh-huh. And, and Brantley's like, <laughs> and Prescott says, will you marry me? No, but I'd like to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. I don't know if you'd really say that to your uncle, who's your boss. Well, at this point, you know. It's kind of everything's going to come out in the open here, but finally, all four of them are in the same room. And as you it's said, a long, yeah, this is a long clip, but it's and 
Sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The jig is up. Oh my, <gasps> oh, my God. The sexual revolution is over. Everybody out of bed. What are you doing in Christie's bed, Brantley? I'm talking to you, Howard. Who's Brantley? Brantley is the guy who just found his stolen notes in your bag. Those are Whitfield's notes, and they are not stolen. He gave them to me himself. And you were so grateful to him, you climbed into bed and asked him to marry you. What are you talking about? I climbed into bed with you. Baloney. You thought you were climbing into bed with her. Wait, now when I came in, he was in bed with Whitfield. Whitfield? He wasn't even here. Are you blind? Who's that? That's Brantley. Brantley? So this is the bimbo you've been screwing around with at the office? Who are you calling a bimbo? If the shoe fits. Now, what's that supposed to mean? Why didn't you just ask me for those? I would have given them to you. I, I was going to tell you about that. It just happened before I really knew you. So when we were in bed, that whole thing was James Bond time, right? No. You went to bed with Brantley. Don't worry about it, Howard. She's probably got microfilm pictures of the whole thing. What were you doing in bed with my nephew? Whitfield's your nephew? This is Brantley Foster. He works in the mail room. The mail room? You mean you're not an executive? I'll get this straight. Brantley is Whitfield? That's right. Brantley is Whitfield. Whitfield is Brantley. And Christy is the bimbo. Well, now that we've all had musketeer roll call, I'm just going to go call my lawyer. Now, wait a minute. Christy is not the bimbo I was screwing around with at the office. People better stop calling me bimbo. It was an entirely different bimbo altogether. That's fine. How many bimbos would you say there were? <sighs> I misspoke myself. There weren't any bimbos at all. Except Christy. Right. No! The question is, how many people did you sleep with to get to the top? That was a very expensive vase, you bitch. How would she have known that was expensive? She didn't. Well, she she was not in this scene. She was not in the room when that vase got thrown. No. All right, no. and it continues. And, but, but, then, but then she was like, oh, it's a replica. <laughs> yeah. It's a fake. Yeah. Junior! <laughs> Listen, whatever I did was my business, not yours. No, you mean it was company business. That's right. And that's all it was. Business. Wow. Well, let me tell you something, sweetheart. You're very good at your job. And then she has kind of an ugly cry. Mm-hmm. But yes, she does. He just, why is she crying? He said she was good in bed. I mean, it's a compliment, but the next day or whatever, um, the, his secretary, Brantley's secretary is packing his stuff up. He's gotten fired. And she said she was happy. He kept taking his pants off. Well, and she said, um, you know, I was having fun. And Melrose wants to know why he's sad. And well, I thought it would look, work out better. The job or the girl, uh, the job. Who the gives, hell with the girl? Yeah. And and then this is what should have been there. You should have known that our kind won't mix with their kind. Our kind? For a thousand Come on, their kind? That's BS. He may be a moral left now, but he had to fast like four months. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, $250 a month for those cheerleaders isn't an unwise investment. I yeah. It insists upon itself. Boo! <laughs> Can't buy me love. Boo! But... Brantley says he's going to miss it. Once again, the job or the girl. Um, but he's going back to Kansas, and he actually runs into Christy as she's packing up her shit as well. 
You going back to Kansas? No, I'm not going back to Kansas. Came to New York to succeed. Oh, yeah, I hear there's an opening in the mail room. Hey, you should talk. You're just as unemployed as I yeah, am. Not for long. I have contacts all over town. Oh, yeah, there's always another press guy around. Low it? blow, Foster. Dirty pool. I call him like I see him. Yeah, you're perfect, right? I never slept with the boss. No, you slept with the boss's wife. Hey, she seduced me. He seduced me. What's the difference? But you cheated out of hate, and I cheated out of joy. I couldn't help it. You went willing. Oh, I see. You were tied up in chains. Is that All right, it? I'll tell you what the difference the is. I thought you were a nice guy. I am a nice You're guy. You're a rat. You lied to me, deceived me, then acted as judge and jury in a situation you knew nothing about. I know enough to know you were spying on me. I wasn't you spying on you, and I won't be spying on you anymore. No, you won't, because if I see you coming my way... And they get in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And then... By the, the door time, opens, yeah. and the executives are there, and they are making out. And they're talking. This we can never pull this off. And he says, "I I did the mailroom thing. Well, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, get Melrose and the secretary. They have some Ta-da. plans. Yeah, <laughs> some more Batman stuff. But in the boardroom, the takeover is happening. In Fred Herman Fre- Monster. Yeah. Why do I have Fred Monster? It's Herman <laughs> Monster. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's Fred Gwynn. Yes. That's right. Uh, most of the top brass will have to go. A handful that have been helpful will be staying as long as they like. And Prescott says, I see nothing to hold this up. And then the it's Brantley, the secretary, and Melrose show up and interrupt the meeting. Is there anything else you need or? No. Who in hell are these people? Is it Don? Donnie. Hey, how you doing? Listen, Don, you mind if I stand up? I think better when I'm moving around. I got to tell you, Don, first the idea of this merger made me as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Nurses hard But then church. I realized I was wrong. The combination of our products and your distribution capabilities can fall Pemrose right to the top of the market. So glad you approve. Whoever you are. Now, if you get the hell out of here, we'll finish the job. I can't do that for you, Don. See, the problem here is management. Things were bad enough when Howard was running the company, but now we got a guy like you to deal with, too. Get them out of here, Prescott, now. He can't, Don. You see, Brantley made arrangements to buy 5% of the stock in your company, Davenport Enterprises, this morning. We're buying you out. What? Get in there. That's right. We've initiated a takeover of Davenport Enterprises in a proxy fight for the Pemrose Corporation. This way, Mr. McMasters. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Oh, these are my financial advisors. They agreed to lend me the money to finance this takeover. That's all the money people from earlier seen. Who used to work in our mailroom? Not at first, Howie. But see, I had an ace in the hole. I made you a stockholder in the company with the clout and support I needed done. I want you to meet the new chairperson of the Pemrose Corporation and the daughter of the founder, Vera Prescott. Afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Brantley and I are very old friends, and when he told me his wonderful ideas for running the company, I knew he was the man for the job. I think... We all understand your real motivation here, Vera. <laughs> oh, I admit I felt some attraction towards Bradley at the beginning. But as you've always told me, Howard, love is love, but business is business. 
You've run Daddy's company into the ground, Howard, and I believe these people here can bring it back to where it belongs again. Now, up, Howard, out of that chair. Don't be ridiculous. I'm not about to resign my position. Oh, you don't have to, Howard. You're fired. Yeah, Prescott thinks that he can control this, and he can't. And she doesn't just fire Prescott. Who else does she fire? She fires Art. Yeah, the creepy guy. And the guy next to him that Art has, like, berated in a couple boardroom meetings is super happy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Vera asks security to escort Prescott out of the building and tells Brantley to start the meeting. And he leans over and kisses Christy, and he says something about, feel free to do this amongst yourselves. And then we have a cut, and people are super excited as Christy and Brantley are getting on the elevator and talking about going to Kansas. He's going to measure up to her. He needs one of Tom Cruise's apple crates. That's right. Yes. Vera is digging on Melrose, though. Yes, she is. Yeah, she's uh, digging his balding top. (laughs) You haven't been hanging out in the mailroom. And the elevator is stopped again, and then they're humping in the elevator. We see the the skyline. And then a couple weeks later, Vera in a flashy dress, Brantley and Melrose in tuxes. They get in a limo. And who is the driver? It's the, the mailroom boss. God. And Christy is admiring her engagement ring. Boy, that escalated escalated quickly. (laughs) And um, so where are they they going? Oh, by the way. Boy, that escalated quickly. But where are they going? Yeah. Well, possibly to the worst possible place you could take a date. The The opera. opera. And what is she wearing? Uh, who Christy? Yes. Is she wearing the dress from uh, his his uh, fantasy scene? Yeah, she's wearing the pink dress from earlier. Yeah, and he's and wearing uh, tux is... and the shoes from Back to the Future too. Really? Well, they're tennis shoes. No, okay. Yeah, this is all going on during a Pat Benatar song, and then the credits roll with them making out a lot that goes in <laughs> that goes into a. So your movie, go ahead. It was, it was okay. It, it was what it was. Yeah. And going into it, this is exactly what I expected out of this film. I was, was expecting more laughs. I was expecting this to be more of a comedy. Okay. But you had seen it more recently than I had. So um, this is, yeah, more of a dramedy, dramedy. Is that what you want to call it? Dramedy, sure. But I, I thought yeah. it was it was stupid, cute movie, unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. it, it was it was light. It was a little bit long. It probably could have lost about fifteen minutes. Right. So are you are you sad we didn't do Police Academy that we did this instead? Uh Police Academy still might come up. Okay. From me, that is. Uh so I would recommend it though. Oh sure. For for what it is. For what it is. If it's, uh, you know, if you need something to fill out your 80s movie wheelhouse, yeah, you should watch it. But I mean, it's, it was okay. It was, I, I will say this Michael J. Fox, a cutie patootie, man. He's a cute little guy. He's got a presence for his height. I mean, he's the Tom Cruise of light com- comedic roles. Mm hmm. And so we have. And now it's time for Jen's two second movie review. It was entertaining. That was. Jen's two-second movie review. Jen! And I think it's worth doing for this one. It should be relatively short, but... Playing 
playing out the string. Yeah, this never works. Never. <laughs> no. No. They get absolutely destroyed in some kind of corporate takeover at some point. Uh, Christy and Brantley completely fall apart. And, I mean, maybe he ends up back with Vera, but in the long term, it never works. Yeah, I agree. All right, so uh, moving on. Whatcha? Whatcha? Whatcha watching? All right, I watched uh, the second time I've seen this movie, Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Sure. Have you seen it? Yeah. I it's saw it before good. the first time you saw it. Oh, okay. It's funny. The action is good. It's clever. Um, I watched the first six episodes of Band of Brothers. It's like chicken soup for the soul. When you just don't know what to watch. And it's like, I'll just put Band of Brothers on. And then all of a sudden you realize that you're, you're three episodes deep. It's like, ooh, that went quickly. Can, can, you, watch, uh, can you watch that passively? I don't think I could. Uh, I, don't watch, I don't think I watch anything passively. I mean, I, I will throw thing- on like hot tub time machine and be like Googling or reading shit and have it on like background noise almost because I'm so well, familiar with it. Okay. I mean, I guess like, like the, the Picard episodes, the last few Picard episodes, I, I had it on, but then was doing something on my iPad also and just kind of keeping one ear and one eye tuned to it. But, uh, let's do that first. Let's do Picard. <clears throat> Beverly Crusher. Oof. I think she had some some plastic oh, you, surgery. You, you, you think? <laughs> Possibly. She looked like Joan Rivers with her face pulled back. It's like from Insurrection, where they, the yeah. the people that go into those little machines and they get their face pulled back. That's what she looked like. Looks like. And then Deanna Troy, she's just like, yeah, I'm just going to age gracefully. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, I, I I think in back in the day, big fan of Gates McFadden. Yeah. And yeah. she opted not to age gracefully. Mm-hmm. So, are you, I mean, are you current? So you only yeah, have the one I'm, episode left? Yeah, I'm current. So, okay. So this Federation Day, time to let's roll into Matt's nerd corner. Um, Federation Day, this is the day celebrating. It's not <clears throat> Federation Day. What's it called? It's not Federation Day. <laughs> it's, it's something day. It's not it's, Captain Picard it's, Day. It's not Federation Day. It's no. Are you sure? Where all the ships Frontier are assembling? Day. Frontier, Frontier Day. Day. There you go. Is this Scott Bakula's ship that they're celebrating from 250 years ago? Uh, I, yeah. For, no, it's First Contact, I believe. No. I, I, I honestly don't know. Maybe. You weren't, listening, you weren't paying attention then. Because they talk about 250 years ago, the first Enterprise – Oh yeah, so it would have been the NX01. So, and it was nice to see Shelby be brought back for 30 seconds. Oh yeah. See, now okay, so you had mentioned to Lawn Chair and I like got the chills and then when they had the the Enterprise F, I was like, "Really? That's that's what he got the chills about?" No, no, that's yeah, an ugly no. ship. Yeah. No. So, okay, so A is A Kirk's first ship? No. Eight, so Kirk had the original one from the original series and then it was done as a refit for the um the movies which was destroyed right. in Star Trek three and then right. the A was the replacement that they got at the end of four. Okay, and then so what's B? Which one was B? Is that B was the one that, in the beginning of Generations with Cameron as the 
As a captain, yes. Captain. Okay. What's the C? The C was yesterday's Enterprise. That's the one where Tasha oh. Yar actually went back. With Chris, with, um, with the guy who Shooter McGavin. Yeah. Shooter eats, McGavin. Eats pieces of shit for breakfast. Yes. Okay. D, and then D is Picard's first. Yeah. The next generation TV show. And then, okay. So, so then that takes us to the E where they say it was destroyed and Worf is like, that was not my fault. There is no actual, like, known explanation for it. Okay. All right. Okay. So then, so th- now they're in the, the D. They're in the D, which it's, it's the only thing from the D that survived was the, the saucer, the saucer section. You know, y- you let a woman drive Just like a woman. one time, <laughs> destroys the enterprise. Yeah. But they recovered the, the D from Viridian three mm-hmm. and they took the, the star drive section from a completely different ship. But right. the, even the, the saucer section was completely destroyed when it crashed sure. into in ge- generations. Yeah, and, well, Jordy's been working on it. Don't take a long fucking time. <laughs> One guy. And it, it was a, I mean, it gave me the chills, but it was a cheap uh-huh. because it's a Star Trek four thing. It's the same thing where they're in space dock and they think that they're going to get the Excelsior and they go over the Excelsior and they see the A. It's the same type of thing where, where you see that. And yeah. they have one episode left. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to actually bring it on home. I did call the fact that Jack had Borg stuff in him. I didn't realize it was going to be like, you know, <laughs> when Picard shot his load into Beverly. Yeah, he, he shot over some nano nanobots. Yeah. And uh, it, it it is just... It's good. It's it's better than season one and season two. But it's mediocre. It's mediocre. I'm so glad that the the Amanda Plummer chick is dead because she's just that. I'm, that's what drove me from that show. I was gonna. I was. I was done with it. I was like, I'm not gonna watch it because she's so fucking annoying. And then when you said you got the chills, I'm like, okay. Well, now I got to see what this is. And of course, I knew what it was because Yahoo can't keep their fucking mouth shut. You know, 30 seconds after the episode is released, they're plastering articles about it. Well, there, there's been all these people that have seen that Amanda Plummer should be nominated for and win an Emmy for her role. It's like, no, she shouldn't. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. She should be driven from Hollywood because of this role. And she did um, not refer to Picard as Honey Bunny, so I was disappointed. No. Yes. And then The Mandalorian. So... What are your thoughts on The Mandalorian, this latest episode? Uh, better, mm-hmm. but still disappointing. I, you know, I there, there's this whole like, who is who does the title The Mandalorian refer to? And obviously, at first, first season, second season, it has to refer to Din Djarin, right? And now there's like, does it refer to Grogu or does it refer to? Um, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's. I think Favreau was was strong armed by Kathleen Kennedy to have them reunite in the Book of Boba Fett. I think he had a different plan for the season, and then she fucked it all up. God, she is just the worst, isn't she? She's you know, and now they're bringing. Did you see that they're bringing back a, a movie with Ray? Yeah. Yeah. Re- really looking forward to that. A movie you know, that no, nobody, a character that nobody wanted to revisit. Uh, um, I wouldn't go that far, but 
Ray is not the worst part of the sequel trilogy, but she's far from the best part. And and yeah. actually, I would be hard hard pressed to say that there's a, a character that from the sequel trilogy that I'd want to see another movie with. I I know Lawn Chair is a big um, fan of Babu Frick, which how the fuck that happens, I don't know. <laughs> So he's got to have an absolute hard on for the Mandalorian oh, yeah. with um, Babu Frick, you know, running IG, IG twelve, twelve, yeah, yeah. That was kind of fun. I like that. The yes, yes, no, yes, no, no, yeah. That was that was fun. No, I like this episode. It's. I mean, it's. I'm a Star Wars fan, so it, it's. It doesn't take much to make me happy with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's things of the sequel trilogy that I liked. There's things that I hated. I was severely disappointed. I wish they would just reboot it all together and just say, these three movies don't exist. Because, I mean, you get into The Force Awakens and it's just, there's two lines in the crawl that says, the First Order rose from the ashes of the Empire. Really? That's all I get? There's never really any explanation in a whole lot of the sequel trilogy as to where the first order came from. And now I think they're trying to fix that. Like this is the rise of the first order with, with Gideon having his council meeting with all those guys and the return of Thrawn and everything like that. And you saw that Hux's dad was there too. And that's Brendan Gleeson, not Brendan Gleeson, Dominic Gleeson's brother in real life. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You got to watch screen crush. They're, 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 half hour breakdown of all all the Easter eggs and everything like that. It's really entertaining. And there's a dog named Doug that you okay. would like. Um so yeah, it's and the thing that pissed me off is here these three Mandalorians have basically been going around on this big pirate ship for the last five years and now is the time that this giant monster decides to destroy it with all the other Mandalorians on it. Kind of convenient. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, you go. Oh, that's it? Yeah, that's... that's okay, so I know you back to work, whatever. Oh, so I talked about Picard, talked about The Mandalorian. Um, You didn't mention it, but The Bad Batch will have one last season. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to, like, tie in Ahsoka, Bad Batch, Mandalorian all together in a feature film. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. Perry Mason... Okay. Finished the night agent. Thought that was mm-hmm. good. Um, you were right. Some of the acting was kind of like, eh. Uh, like his boss, like his his Asian boss. She was horrible. I, I don't think that there's a need for a second season of it. Um, started watching The Recruit. Have you heard of that? Is that on Netflix? Yes. Yeah, I've watched, I think I got like three or four episodes into it. It was okay. It, it, I, was, I, it started off slow and then it picked up. Um, I watched Arctic. Okay. I like that a lot. Yeah. And then based on that, I watched Polar. Uh-huh. Which is basically the exact opposite film. <laughs> okay. And with, how, is that, how is that one? It's just over the top with uh, the same actor from Arctic just killing people as okay. an assassin. I enjoyed right. it. Okay. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. I watched uh, Promising Young Woman. Wow. That is a, that's a film. Um, What's that on? Uh, it's on Freebie, I think, or Plex. Mm. Um, I watched the original Van Wilder. Okay. Um, that was okay. Watched Sharkbait. It's not very good. Um, I watched The Hunt, which is not hunted. 
which I watched last week. Okay. The hunt is very similar, but different. It is all about these rich people, rich elite people that are hunting deplorables. Yeah. That's the one that had all kinds of controversy. Yeah. It was enjoyable. Okay. And then the last thing is I watched the detective night trilogy. Oh, that's the Bruce Willis trilogy. It's his last three films. Okay. Um, the first two are tied together. The third one is kind of a standalone thing. Um, you can obviously tell that something's not right with him, mm-hmm. but compared to some of the other Bruce Willis director Redbox films, it, it it's better. It's it's kind of a Star Trek Insurrection level, where it's it's not good, but it's not terrible. Okay, I, I enjoyed them, and if if you squint a little bit, you can see pieces of Bruce Willis in it, almost like he was a still playing John McClane. All right. The first two are, are worth watching. I thought they're not great, but they're, they're good enough to watch. Okay. So ready for next week's movie. I am. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. Three degrees to next week's movie. And I think I like it. So I'm going to try not to fuck this up. Um, okay. I have an idea of it could be one of two movies, I think. Okay. You want to tell me what they are? Uh, either Amadeus or Uncle Buck. Okay. That would be. Uh, and actually, both of those will be mentioned shortly. But <laughs> okay. so I asked you if you wanted one question, best of three or best of five. You said best, best of five. All right. Okay. So film I should have seen. Or film that it's not surprising I haven't seen. Film you should have seen. Wait, am I I deciding? You're deciding what what the film is going to be. It's going to be one of two. Oh, okay. Um, Film you should have seen. Okay. Top two male stars have appeared in previous Betamax Rewind films, or top two male stars have not? Have appeared. Okay. Oscar winner or non-Oscar winner? Mm, Non-Oscar winner. Okay, so it's two to one. Uh, a unique film with a unique, distinct property for no film we've ever done before or not. <laughs> the first one. Okay, so we have a winner. Um, okay. The last question was uh, sports or arts. Oh, all right. Well, what would you have answered to that? Sports. Okay, so it is, is four to one <clears throat> anyway. Okay. So I will tell you the films that were eligible that did not. Okay. Not of the two, but of the other ones that were in consideration. Okay. Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. Christine. Okay. Raising Arizona. Okay. Salvador. Okay. Mommy Dearest, which actually came up after this season started. <laughs> All right. The Color Purple, which came up after this season oh, started. Oh, God. I'm so glad you didn't do The Color Purple. And Amadeus. Okay. So first, I will do the one we are not doing. All right. Michael J. Fox plays Brantley in this week's film. He plays Jason Stone in 1996's Mars Attacks. Jersey Skolomowski plays Dr. Ziegler in that film. Skolomowski, or whatever, plays Colonel Chico in next week's 1985 political arts film. Not Reds. Mark Margolis plays Maintenance Man in this week's film. 
He plays Charlie Workman in an uncredited role in 1984's The Cotton Club. Gregory Hines plays Sandman Williams in that film. Hines plays Raymond Greenwood in next week's 1985 dancing political film. Oh, oh, um, it's with Barishnikov. What the fuck is it called? White. Stallion. Knights. <laughs> okay. I'm glad we didn't do that one. Okay. Bruce McGill plays Bert Matson in this week's movie. Do you know who he is? That's D-Day. Yes. He plays Sheriff Farley in 1992's My Cousin Vinny. Joe Pesci plays Vinny in that movie. Pesci plays Joey in next week's 1980 Oscar winner. Raging Bull. Our I've never seen it. Black and white film. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen it. In fact, well, you know, I'll I'll save it. I'll I'll save what I I'll save what I was gonna say. And I I gotta decide I'm thinking maybe I'm gonna do a documentary for my non eighties film. You can't do a documentary. Why can't I do a documentary? Because it's gotta be you can't do a documentary. That would be the worst podcast ever. Okay, so apparently I will not be doing Navy SEALs for my non-Navy SEALs. <laughs> Gotta do Navy SEALs. You've, you've, you've seen Navy SEALs. No, I haven't. You have not seen Navy SEALs. No, I have not. I thought you, I thought you were doing a 1979 movie. I am. Okay. All right, so anyway, go ahead and take us home. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. This podcast went a little bit longer than I expected. So we're still sub three hours, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. Uh, join us next week for... Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Helen Hunt in Raging Bull. <laughs> um, You're a liar. You're a liar. Okay, I'm sorry. Jamie Farr is in Raging Bull. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> no, it's uh, she, it's her first film. The, the woman, the main woman. It's her first film. And she was nominated for an Oscar for it. Really? Yeah. Kathy Moriarty? I don't know who that is. Uh. I'm pretty sure. For anyway. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, reach out to the show. Email us, betamaxrewind at yahoo.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow the posts. Um, if you don't know this, Matt and I, we've, we're now taking turns writing posts for Facebook. So when it's his movie, he writes it. When it's my movie, I write it. I've been intending to writing writing things in your style lately. Oh, yeah. It is Kathy Moriarty. I'm correct. And who is Kathy Moriarty? She is, I'm trying to see what else she's been in, uh, Raging Bull, Neighbors, Kindergarten Cop, Soap Dish, movie I walked out of. Um, she didn't forget Paris. She never really had much of a Foxfire. No, it's not Firefox. Foxfire is different. Is she Arnold Schwarzenegger's partner in Kindergarten Cop? Uh, I think so. She plays Jillian. <laughs> okay. Uh, rate and review where you get your podcast. Give us four stars, five stars, whatever the top stars is. A thumbs up, a funny little comment, whatever. Tell a friend. Um, or not. I mean, if you think we suck, stop listening. Yep. Fair enough. So, yeah, Raging Bull next week. Yeah, it's my first uh, more than two hour long movie. Really? It's 2.09. Ooh. Well, okay. um, White Knights is almost 2.30. <laughs> Ooh. Which some dancing. I don't know. How, oh, how that we're not went. doing we're not doing the deer hunter, are we? No. Your next one. No? Nineteen seventy nine, huh? Nope. We're we're doing a film that 
it, it's amazing. I've never seen it. It is very much. It's not. It was never a popular film, but it has such a an inroads into cultural knowledge. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, All right. we, we will see you next week for Robert De Niro winning his first Oscar. In nine, oh, I'm sorry, that's actually his second Oscar because he won his first one for Godfather Part Two, which insists upon itself. No, but, it's the first one that Godfather insists upon itself, not Godfather Two. Well, having watched both of them in the last year, they both insist upon themselves. They both insist upon themselves. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Can't Buy Me Love, right? And with that, we will see you next week. All right. Uh.